Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 19 of Beer Not the Shit the Podcast, Adjunct Series, Quarantine Edition. This evening, it is just myself, but I have a, a very special guest. Um, last week, we spoke with Australians, and we're keeping the game running. This evening, I have Matt Fay from the Revel Brewing Podcast in Brisbane, Australia. Maddie, welcome, my dude. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's been um, a long time in the making, but um, yes, yeah, super stoked to be here. Yes, man. It, um, I think we connected probably, I was thinking before, was it probably like 18 months ago, I reckon? I think it was around then. I think it was probably around February-ish last year because the podcast started, I think, around March, April. So, so it's just uh, before. Yeah. Okay, sick. It's been really cool watching you, guys, watching you grow and you're really like killing it in the, um, what's the thing called? The Aussie beer pods that Steve does. Like, it's great yeah, to see that yeah. and see how, you know, I saw from when you started and from, from you coming up, you know, figuring all this stuff out and, and killing the game. So it's really cool. We're definitely going to get into that. Um, and I think we just would be, we were supposed to do this episode in June. It was the week that was the Amplify Melanated Voices week. So I had to cancel and I apologize for that um, because we stopped posting that entire week. And uh, now finally our schedules have aligned. And it's kind of good timing. I think it's better timing because now I've got last week, Ozzy, we have you repping Australia. Next week, we have another Australian podcast. So it made it a, uh, a run, which I quite enjoy. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, I think it's been really cool uh, considering like when I sort of got approached by Revel, um, I knew sort of how to produce a podcast per se, but I, I didn't think it was going to be as straightforward. And um, I was working away. Uh, at the time so I just you know just went into iTunes I, I tried to look for other craft beer podcasts and yours was just way up there and nice. there was so many so many episodes that I could backtrack through so I would say uh, I must have got through at least 20 or so of them nice. like within a, a couple of weeks and I was wow. like yeah this is giving me a lot of ideas on how to do things and that's why I reached out to you and uh, yeah it's been awesome to, to to get your advice you've been so forthcoming um, with information and um yeah, I don't think I could have done it without you, so Appreciate thanks for that. Hey, man, pleasure. It's, uh, there's one thing, it's really, like, this is something that uh, is cool to share, this information. It's not like it's secrets, but it's just stuff that you know, we've figured out yeah. over the years doing this. And I love it when I'm seeing somebody who's like, like, I've noticed that a lot of people are kind of just full of shit. They, they will say they want to start something, and they'll never progress. And it always is annoying to me to spend time and energy to tell, you know, help somebody be like, yeah, man, this is how you do it, boom, boom. And I, so I'm extra happy to see you, like, not only get it out there, but winning and killing it and producing great episodes. You're making a genuine mark on an Australian podcast scene as an independent, which we'll talk about soon enough with the agency stuff, for a brewery. And that's even harder to do, man. Like, doing a brewery podcast is got to be tougher than what it is like we're just an independent body and you've able to mm. finesse it because i know that was a challenge so i think mm. much much congrats for that bro it's very very cool i love it yeah thanks mate i appreciate um that you, you can see that and i suppose yeah the the revel guys and 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 everyone involved with revel um it is pretty special to me because they were basically my first um long-term client and they've right. been my longest clients you know since before i started uh, when, when I got started and um, yeah so about 18 months now and 
up until only about three or four months ago, that was just a, a side gig, like my business was a side gig and I was away for work quite a lot, um, five weeks out of every 12. Mm -hmm. um, I was literally taking days off to go do the podcast and then I was like, I was in Darwin and like North Queensland or wow. wherever in Airbnbs and hotels and stuff and I was like, record it, editing on aeroplanes, like total hustle to, wow. to just get, get stuff out there um, in, in the beginning. But um, I think, yeah, it was, what was difficult for me was that, um, I mean, I, I've, I enjoyed a beer, but I, I was never like a, a craft beer person um, before getting involved. And right. I had to very quickly really immerse myself in, um, in that industry, I suppose. And that was probably the biggest, the biggest thing because um, my job as the host, um, like, and, and the podcast has changed format slightly due to, due to COVID, but of course, yeah. essentially the, the, the format was like someone would come in and we would, we would record for about an hour or so. And to me, that was about four or five different episodes, you know, 15 to 20 minutes long. Uh, but mm. my, I guess my job on the podcast was just to try and ask good questions and then just shut up and let them go and then just try and dig a bit deeper and maybe, you know, um, work the conversation a certain way to try and get some, some really mm -hmm. cool content out there. But uh, I think the, probably the coolest thing about it was I was learning something every week and I still continue yeah, to man. learn heaps more about what I think is actually quite a very interesting and intricate industry to be in. I love that. I love that. I really want to get into this. What I'm going to do just before we get into it, I got so many questions for you even just off that first statement because um, I'm going to get excited. Uh, I've got a couple comments which I want to quickly address and then we'll crack our first beers. Um, so yeah, Bassam, sure. shout out to Bassam. He says, where's that girl you live with? Uh, she, uh, he missed it. What'd you say? Oh, oh, I thought you said something. Yeah, you pissed at Bassam? Um, Bassam is... Uh, is our good friend. He's also a great YouTuber. Everyone needs finance tips, uh, real estate, investing. He's a man. Go follow him. Go subscribe. He's he's uh, he's great. Um, so where is she, Bassam? She's doing work. She's working. Working. Uh, Mick says, oh, it's going down. It's going down. So we'll definitely have the pizza argument. <laughs> to <Tiff Sane> Gabe, <laughs> to Bruce and Julie. Uh, Bruce saying, we're drinking a Trestle Brewery Hellas. That sounds great. Oh, I think I saw your picture of that the other day, Bruce. It looks fire. Uh, Tiff says... That girl is on the sidelines working. Bruce is saying hi to Tiffany. Sorry, I didn't see these. And Bruce is saying, oh, shit. There is Craig. How do the Australian and Canadian beer market industry compare for craft beers? Um, we'll probably get into that in more detail, but the TLDR for that was when we were first went back in 2016, I would say it was very young. Like There wasn't much that excited me. I was bored most of the time with what I was drinking. Um, it was very simple and very straightforward. Uh, at the same time, I didn't know I was thrown into that trip. I didn't plan it, and I didn't get to study it to figure out what's fire. So there's that too. When we went back in 2018, I was like, whoa, this is like totally different. Um, and everything was starting to have some haze and lactose and stuff there. And then 2019, I went back. It was like really sick, and um, I'm looking forward. I was, was supposed to be back a few months ago, but COVID and such. So overall, Australia is a lot younger, but I think it's the most exciting scene in the world because it was so young. And it's picking up so fast and people are experimenting, but they have access to the knowledge of the greater world, whereas everywhere else kind of came up slower over time. So I think Australia has more potential to be more exciting in a, in a smaller time frame than that. Oh, thank you, Ben. Um, and he say, I must say that heaps is an amazing word. Yes, I always forget how often Aussies say heaps until I speak to an Aussie. I'm like, oh, yeah, we always say like heaps good or thanks heaps or some shit like that it's hilarious um what are you drinking bro i've got a 
Rebel, of course. Rebel of course. Pale Ale. Um, nice. I thought I thought long and hard about what what beer I wanted to have on the show, and I thought there's probably no better one to have because it's you know the Oxford Pale Ale, Oxford Street Balimba is where it is. It's yep. you know the most synonymous, uh, I guess, beer with Rebel. So. Um, how do we do it? We just crack it open? Let's crack her open, mate, and pour it up. Crack her open, and, mate. Uh, cool. I don't have, obviously, any Australian beer, unfortunately, but uh, I thought it's like easy. Hang on, let me tap this. Where is she? It's always weird doing it backwards. There you go. This is Broken Sevens. Uh, it's a Kolsch classic. They changed their uh, branding recently. They do some really good stuff. Just kind of felt like a crispy. Kick it off since I'm not splitting with Tiff. I've got to uh, keep it light so I don't get too trash. Also note, people, that it is 10 a.m. in Brisbane. So Matt is a soldier. Because <laughs> I know when in when in Rome, right? You gotta you gotta go hard, go hard, or go home. As uh, I wouldn't, and I, I wouldn't normally do this, but it's uh, you know again eighteen months in the making. This is a special right? occasion. And there you go. And there's only one beer, and then you can get back into it. Exactly. in like five. Exactly. Maddie, exactly. cheers, brother. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Solid. Nice. Um, Bruce saying Bruce is a, a Canadian friend who just moved or temporarily came back to Canada. He lives in Dallas, Texas, and he, he went back to to Canada for a bit. He said the Revel looks fire. Yeah, He's man, damn right. it's 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 great. I mean, I I just think a lot of their beers. Um, and look, let, let's let's be really honest. There's so many good uh, breweries out there making amazing beer um, yep. right now. But uh, I just find every one of their beers to be quite approachable, and that's the thing. There's always going to be something for someone, which I think is what it's all about. Absolutely. Uh, you got me a four-pack of Revel last year, I think. I think I, the videos came up the other day on Facebook for the memory, so I guess I released it around this time last year. Um, yep. I remember being very impressed. The Strawberry Wishes, I believe, was a strawberry uh, sour Berliner. That was phenomenal. Yep. Um the I think was that the pale ale? I forgot what the fourth beer. There was a stout, there was the double IPA, and there was a pale ale. I was trying to tell Mick and them last episode, and I couldn't remember. Yeah, I think that sounds about right because we wanted to give you a bit of a variety there. So there was the Revelry double IPA, um, yes. the stout, the stout, which is uh, it's not in cans anymore. We do that in a bottle. Okay. Is um, it Imperial? And Imperial, it, yeah, Russian Imperial stout. Uh, we actually did a barrel aged one recently, and uh, I had the nice. pleasure of. Tasting that straight out of the barrel, which I'm quite um, Love that. spoiled with, and I was yeah. like, "Oof, that's that hits different, hey!" But um, <laughs> yeah, and then the, I think the pale, and then the wishes. We wanted to give you a good, um, good variety there, so something there for I everyone. I think in that, in yeah, that mixed bag. It's really, really good stuff. I was just impressed. I think there's a bunch of really good brews bre- uh, in Queensland right now that are doing mm. well nationwide, right? So, I mean, you guys being what size brewery is Rebel? Um, I couldn't tell you actually off the top of my head. I think there's five or six tanks there. Um, all okay. I can tell you is that they're flat out. <laughs> right. In in so the, they're doing in, well. the, in the size they got. Yeah. Right. It's, it's been a really, it's been a really um, interesting year. I mean, obviously we've had the COVID stuff, which is which has changed things for everyone. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking, hopefully for the better long term, because it's forcing businesses to look at alternate sort of revenue streams within their business, but. Um, Look at as a brewery. I know Maddie's flat out. It's all hands on deck. Um, they're oh, pumping them out like crazy in, in, a, in a lot of bottle shops and that sort of thing. So it's all systems go. Um, but still, uh, obviously, with some of the um, some of the uh, spikes and that that we've had recently, it's it's still a it's still an interesting time to navigate. But um, look, all, all positive and all um, yeah, all systems yeah. go still. That's great. Yeah, I see. I uh, I heard that you guys are doing. 
bad like Queensland are doing some of the best in the country if I'm not mistaken Mm. as far as like yeah. the, the general safety and you guys have locked the borders down a bit I heard people can fly but yeah. they um, they definitely kept the borders uh, closed so mm. before we get too far off track let's get let's get the history down so you how did you get into craft beer or at least if you weren't super versed on craft beer how did you get involved mm. with Revel to then enjoy you know get, mm. getting where you're at yeah um, I guess my beer story is a, a bit of a funny one so I guess as a as a, as a as a kid, my mum always used to tell me that beer um, had dead toads in it because I would smell it and I would think it would smell bad. And I think that was my mum's like way of trying to get me to not not drink at all, basically. Um, and oh, I would nice kind try. of believe that. For, kind of believe that. For, yeah, nice try, mum. Yeah. Uh, maybe I believed that for a little bit too, you know, a little bit too long. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I was always like a spirits drinker right. um, up until I was in my 20s and it was like, um, you know, engagements, weddings, like 21st, beer, wine, and that's it. And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. so I'd find a beer that I, would, that I could drink. So I wasn't a really big beer drinker. Um, probably I think macros, probably the eh? They'd probably be all macros Macro, at the weddings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, much of a muchness. I didn't mind a Han Super Dry, um, something fairly crisp. That was that was about all I would go for. But right. um, I, remember, I remember drinking a Stone and Wood. That was probably like my first craft beer, and nice. I didn't really know much difference there i was just like oh that's flavor in it you know <laughs> yeah um then it was the james squires like the 150 lashes and they have a brewery in in brisbane the charming squire and uh-huh. there's a heap of beers there so that was they're probably the two that sort of opened up my my eyes to craft beer but um it wasn't still even until i got involved with revel that i really got into what independent craft beer was and what all these different beer styles were right um, Funnily enough, I had a podcast myself, which didn't last very long, more so for the fact that um, it's just because it was about my business and I was interviewing people I was involved with. But uh, you've probably sort of gone through this and I, I, I admire the way that you guys churn out content because I was doing my podcast and then all of a sudden work was coming on and I was like, oh, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. But one of the guys I interviewed, we interviewed them, we interviewed him at Revel because his brother-in-law is Matt Flexman, the co-founder there. Mm, and then they basically, reached, they basically reached out through through Anthony from Second Rodeo, the brand I was working with, and said, you know, who's the guy that came in for the podcast? We want to make a podcast. Okay. Um, and so it was just really like networking. Serendipity, thing. right, yeah. It, it was. Right place, yeah, right you just, you just, yeah, you just never know. And funnily enough, the only reason I knew Anthony was I had someone approach me on Facebook about doing some marketing, and we met up in Balumba and just like about a month after the brewery opened, we were just like, oh, we'll just go in here and... I remembered the pizzas, I remember, had the pale, I remembered the beer, and I was like, yeah, this place is pretty good. And then he said, no, that's, that's my, my, my um, brother-in-law. He, he's an owner in that place. I'm like, ah, oh, sweet. That's convenient. So, um, very convenient. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and then I was just like, uh, you know, I think we should do more than just a podcast. We need to do video. We need to do other bits, you know, if you want to really sort of give this a good nudge. And, um, yeah, from, I guess from there, the rest is history. It was, it was really getting involved with, with Rebel. Um, and pardon me and then I guess from that so yeah it's been that sort of 18 month to two year journey so far Um, but what I think the good thing is like obviously I'm quite immersed there at Revel but it's given me a wider appreciation for uh, what what else is out there Um, and like I just said previously I was traveling five out of every 12 weeks in my previous job I was doing visiting the whole of Northern Territory, North Queensland from Port Douglas down to Mackay and then um, uh, North Northern New South Wales. So like the Stone and Wood sort of area. Byron where they, stuff, right? Where they have the Byron, all yeah. that sort of stuff. 
but I made it a, you know, a, an effort to sort of get around to any breweries or just if not having dinner, you know, try some of these brands. So, you know, one one that sprang to mind was Hemingway's up in Port Douglas and um, Cairns, and I spent a lot of time there try, trying a lot of their mm -hmm. beers out. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of been the journey and it's just given me a, a huge appreciation for the industry as a whole. That's dope, man. It's an it's, it's sort of like the opposite journey of most people where it's sort of you fell because you had a skill set around the podcasting and, and media and social media and I guess digital marketing. You were able to sort of, it didn't matter what, I guess, subject you were talking about because I guess if you're a facilitator and you're an, a curious individual, which I find you have to be to be some sort of a... Um, I don't want to say person, like, because I don't, we're not journalists, like a, a host, that's what mm, we are, we're hosts yeah. of this, right? Like, mm. you have to have some sort of interest, personal interest in, um, in, in sort of the, the, the subject matter to ask engaging questions that sort of, you know, get to the core of what it is. So mm. was that, I guess that sort of describes you, just for people who are sort of wondering how it is yeah. to be in beer media. So you feel, you would look at yourself as a curious person who, who's able to kind of get, get in, get, you know, deep into this stuff. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you got, I think you guys mentioned something like this briefly on a, on a podcast about sort of, you know, people that build large followings, we'll call them influencers for lack of a better word, but <laughs> yeah. um, they're not always the best people for social media. And what I mean by that is um, it's a different skill set to build a huge following. I mean, it's great if you can do it, like that's, that's you know, that that's a skill set. But the, the, the other thing that that I think I probably give more value or what I think my job is, is it's my job to come into a business, learn everything I can about it and figure out what, and almost prescribe, you know, what I, what we do and go, you need this, you need that, you don't need that, we'll, we'll concentrate on that later kind of thing. So it's a very, uh, I would say it's a very like practitioner style approach and okay. that's why I think what I do, and I know we can because we do it across different industries, is we can replicate that across certain industries. There are probably some niches that I can't or won't work in, but I'm honest about that and I go, hey, I'm not, I don't think I can get as interested. So you made a good point about being curious, right? Like yeah. if it's a subject matter that I don't have any interest in, I'm not the person. I mean, I could take your money, but I won't, I won't get, I get more satisfaction out of the result and I want get, you know, want something good to happen um, and I guess probably testament to that is even just last night um, Rebels now jumping on to sponsor my local cricket club and we're sending guys there you know every week to go down have a beer and stuff like that that's well outside the scope of what I probably get engaged for but it's just that's that's how I approach business so yeah I think it's it, it's the 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 challenge is coming into a business learning everything about it even the business systems, like understanding how the business operates so that you can use what you, what you do to um, their advantage. So that, that probably sums it up That's pretty well, I think. perfectly said. That's brilliant. I've got a bunch of sort of comments on some of the things you're saying. Uh, we've got a couple uh, comments on here though. Sunday Stash, Steve is in the building. He says, hey, now that's a bit more professional looking. He's liking the setup. <laughs> Last week we called the episode uh, semi-profesh, so that was that reference. And Mick is saying profesh is overrated. <laughs> you cheeky bastard. <laughs> just, get, just get it out there. Just get it done. That's it. doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. Who cares? That's yeah. what we're saying the boys, right? Look, you can do your yeah. best. At this point in time, like you said, you were saying before, and we'll get to it about the pivoting. Like we mm. would never do, man, never do episodes by Skype. I was so vehemently against this. 
And when it yeah. happened, we were like, we did maybe, I don't know, four or five episodes, just Tiff and I, and we are like, all right, well, we found the software. Our neighbor's a YouTuber with like almost 200,000 subs. So he told us about this. And we're like, oh, fuck, all right, let's give this a crack. And now it's like, we've been rocking it yeah. every week. And it's allowed, it's opened up a world to me that even though right now the audio for this is going to sound great because we have microphones either side. Um, mm. But it's, you know, it's bearable. It's not like it's horrendous. And if everybody, if Jimmy Fallon and like Kimmel and stuff are doing like Zoom late night television, yeah. then, you know, <laughs> people can deal with it for a podcast. So there's different levels of like what you're going to deal with as far as like a, a consumer mm. right now. A um, couple quick notes okay. on what you said. I think that was really well summed up. The influencer thing, we call them content creators. We have a, we're very yes. passionate about this. We always say you can't call yourself an influencer because someone has to call you influential. You can't say, yes, I'm an influencer. I'm trying to, I hate that shit. It's like such a, uh, a pet peeve for me. So we mm. call them content creators because that's what you're doing. You are creating content. And then when you build a platform of people who enjoy, you know, like BOS, we just post what we like and people either like it or you don't. And if we say it, cause they're like, Oh, I have a similar palette to these guys. If we say something, then they'll be like, I'm going to try that beer. That's how Bruce who's commenting. He's, he's around now we've become friends. Um, and it's, that's really what the influencers are doing. But you are right in that an influence or content creator in and of themselves or the in Instagram type influencers can't do what you and I do for the most part. It's a, everybody has separate skill sets. And this is a very unique, uh, you know, narrow skill set, I guess, as far as not narrow at all. It's the actual opposite because you've only got, not only got a host, but typically, you know, if you're a one man team or a small team, you got to do all this stuff yourself. You have to figure out all the, like you said, if you, you got to figure out the industry, which is one thing, but you got to know about the technical, how to do audio, how to do the video side, then how to the best practices for social media and strategy and the formats and what people respond to and community management and probably ad management. Like, this is not a joke. This is a lot of work, all of this stuff, which is why, like you said, you were working a full-time job mm. and this was your part-time and sometimes it was hard to keep up. Um, but I also want to agree with you on the subject matter thing. We are also, with our agency, very picky with what we do. We found that like maybe hospitality is our thing we really care about because I don't want to be paid to sell something I don't care about because I don't, like, if I don't care, it's going to show. The interesting thing I always, example I give, um, you and I and Tiff and our type of businesses, we have to become your brand. We have to be able to sell it to the people. We have to write about it. We have to be the brand voice when we're writing captions. We have to under and respond to the community. We have to speak the voice of the culture of your business. If I don't care about that um, uh, niche or that vertical, then you know, I, how are we going to be good at it? Like It's really hard. We've had clients we've had to turn down because of that. So... It's different to say if you're a website, you just build websites. You're like, cool, it doesn't matter. It's just a wireframe and you just do your shit and you drop stuff in and whatever. It doesn't matter what industry it is. So it's a unique challenge that like marketing um, folks and specifically social media um, face because we have to become the brand. Mm. It's very interesting. And I, you've had to do that with Revel. Yeah, I could not agree with you more there. And, and to do what we do, um, you make a good point about the content creation um, for, for those people because... Uh, whenever I'm sort of doing influencer engagement or reaching out to people, I'm not paying as much attention to the followership. Like the following is the following is good because it, it's like okay, if you do something, I expect these people to at least see it or take a certain action because mm -hmm. they're the people. Um, but it's no point if they got two hundred thousand followers, but they're not following for the right reasons, right? Correct. So, and and then it just ends up like you're getting 
stuff for free. Like we don't, we don't really want to do that. But when I look at the content that they make, and I mean, you were a perfect example, right? I, I sent you beers and I knew you would make content that we could use that was professional and it was very much worth our time, right? Um, that's, that's what I look for. So I right. look for, are they going to be easy for me to um, engage with? Um, you know, are they going to appreciate getting something, usually getting product for free or a service for free or something like that in exchange for um, some type of quality content, whether it be uh, one-off or, um, you know, in probably a perfect world on an ongoing basis to, to partner with us, you know? Yes. Uh, and <clears> then <throat> if you sort of take that section of it, then you've got what, what we do, right? So, okay, you can make content. That's awesome. Um, hugely valuable, but, and especially if that's what you niche down on, but then what, what we do, you think about all the things we have to do. We have to be copywriters. We have to understand yes. at least the basics of website design. We have to be yes. analytical to understand how to run ads. And we reports. have to be uh, and re at report reporting. Um, we have to have you know high communication skills to then the big thing with me and and the big thing with some of our clients is they say, look, we just like that you're an everyday guy that comes in and but explains everything and doesn't make us feel like an idiot because mm. going into our our realm it's intimidating for some people because they don't always sometimes know what they're paying us for to be very honest right. because they True. just know that they need social media they need ads whatever i reveal everything i show them everything i show them the back of the ad account i explain in detail i answer all the little questions because i want them to realize that i know what i'm talking about and that's what you're paying me for right you know, it's mm. none of this like smoke and mirror stuff. So yes. you do you do that. You have to um, be handy with the camera for photos and video. You have to yes. be able to edit videos. You have to be able to edit photos. You know, there's if you want to go into a degree, degree on that, man. There's like ten different degrees right there. Like you can't you can't go and do all that, but you have to you have to be across it. And then even if you're outsourcing that, which everyone will do as they grow, you then have to know like what is good, you have to know what is acceptable, what isn't. Um, you have to, again, ask the right questions about things you don't know about. So yeah, there's, there's things that goes into it. Such a good point. I was saying the other day, I retweeted someone, I was talking about being, um, what's, what's the most, was it underrated or something about marketing on Twitter? And I was just saying social media or maybe an unpopular marketing opinion. I think that's what it was. And I was saying social media whether it's uh, account managers or, or whatever, we are probably the most underpaid for the amount of skills. You just listed all of those different skills that you need to be a social media manager. And there's, I, don't, I can't think of a single other job that requires that many, like arguably different verticals. Like you said, that's 10 degrees. You can have a communications degree, graphic design degree, photography degree, video degree, um, journalism degree, for, or writing degree you know, uh, some sort of yeah. mathematics or statistics degree to do reports or analytics and stuff like that. Uh, marketing degree, just in general, you know, I'm seven, I'm pulling this out of my ass. Like this is really, and we are the most underpaid and under-respected because people always demand this stuff from us and they don't understand the value of it. And I think that's one of the biggest mm. challenges because it isn't always an ROI directly attached to building a community yeah. around a brand. But I don't know, I feel like, like right here, I comment Bruce, say Craig and Tiffany influenced my drinking habit. So I know, and Bruce does it. We were on a podcast and he, like mm. we did it with Blood Brothers in, in Toronto and he bought the beer and he bought the beer from the week before. And when he came to Canada, they were waiting for him at his house. Like that's a real yeah. platform with somebody that we have a real relationship with that is benefiting the businesses that we 
support. Mm. So that's what you are creating for these businesses, what we are creating for the businesses. But yeah, our biggest challenge is showing them the value of having that community without um, associating it because people think of vanity metrics, meaning follow accounts. Like you said, I'd rather somebody <laughs> with a thousand truly yeah. engaged followers and they have a 50% engagement rate than someone with a hundred thousand followers. It's a big, big, mm. big difference. And a lot of people are scamming the system and it's, it's messed up. The big, the, the best, the best thing you said there, I think is vanity metrics. Yeah. It's, it not drives me crazy, but it's good because it's the opportunity it's annoying, to man. display. It's well, it's the opportunity to display yourself as an expert. Um, real estate, real estate is a really, is a really big one where um, someone comes along and or uh, not so much someone approaches them, but may, maybe an agent will say, "I want eighty thousand views," and I'm like, "I'll get you your views. That's fine." <laughs> and I can show them, you. Yeah. Just pay, just pay this amount of money, and I can show them. You know. Um, I can show them uh, campaigns where we have used an, obje an objective that gets you that reach and it gets it for a cheap amount of money. But guess what? They're not the people that are going to click on the ad and go through to the listing, right? So what do you want? Do you want 50,000 views or do you want 1,500 people that click through to the listing that are likely to call you up and buy the house? So, right. you know, when and but that's our job. Our job is to then explain to them, um, you know, did you boost a post and just throw it out there? Yeah, anyone can do that. Like, you don't yep. need me to, you don't need me to, to do that. My job is to create a campaign specifically and, you know, retarget those people so that we're, we're getting the right people in your funnel um, day in, yeah, day yeah. out. So, yeah, that's, but yeah, like I said, that's, to me, that's the opportunity. The opportunity is to then reveal and um, expose and, and show them how you do it. Mm, I love that. I would add to the fact that you said you don't need me for ads. I feel like a lot of people do and they don't realize how, how little they know about ads. Like it's until yeah. you study it and you're like, oh my God, this is some serious shit. And yeah. the average person <laughs> are getting bled dry by Instagram and Facebook. Guys, remember that if you press boost posts, oh man, this is turning into a high season podcast, but if, you're, if you press boost <laughs> post, that's not the move. Don't do it. You got to do it in the back end. And there's a big difference yeah. with all of these different things. And people don't know that. And I think then some people will try and do it themselves. They'll get shitty results because they didn't do their targeting right. They didn't do the copy right. It's not engaging. The, the, the captions whack, so on and so forth. Um, and they think it's a waste of money. I've had people tell us that a lot. And that's quite mm. frustrating. Um, a couple yeah. quick comments. Uh, High Season Co., funnily enough, which is, uh, a social media manager has to fulfill a minimum of eight skills. Agreed. Uh, Steve, yeah. uh, Steve is saying, so it sounds like Narrative Hub is off the ground and going strong now, Matt. Uh, yeah, to be honest, the last three months have been our biggest. Probably this month we're in now is going to be the biggest we've had. And I, I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm just super grateful for it because if I can paint you a, a picture, um, when, I would, when I caught up with the, with the guys from the Sunday sesh last time, I think it was about sort of heading into summer last year and I was about to quit my job in December. Okay. Um, my goal was to save up uh, a year's worth of living expenses and then quit so that, you know, come hell or high water, which kind of happened, um, right. I knew I'd be okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what I was preparing for then though, but um, I was about to quit and then I had a client that uh, didn't continue on and it was nothing really to do with what we'd done. It was just that they had a lot of other expenses coming in on a, what was shaping up to potentially be a slow period and they let me know two days before I was going to put my resume in that um, they weren't going to do that. And I was like, that's cool, you know, but it meant that I had to work another couple of months and um, yeah, so I quit my job, and then two month, two weeks later, um, the whole of Australia is in lockdown, and I'm going, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And my my mum's like, my mum was more worried than me. She's like, I hadn't spoken to her for a couple of weeks, which is unusual for me, but it wasn't a bad thing. It's just that she, she, I called her and I said, yeah, look, I know it's not great, but I'm going to be okay. She's like, oh, I feel so much better now. Like, she was worried about me. Um, But so, yeah, that first month was pretty hairy. um, And I was just... You know, but it, it, it just, you know, that word pivot. Like I was like, okay, well, what can we do now? Well, I'm going to grab a 360 degree camera. I'm going to go out and do virtual tours. I'm going to start building more websites for people that are like, well, I need a digital presence now. I'm going to build a website. Uh, and yeah, um, I'm just grateful that I had a couple of clients that I'd lost, but then a couple come up because of COVID, you know, they were ready to go and they're like, we just can't commit. And I was like, that's fair. Like, I totally understand. Still kept up the relationship, you know, just let me know I can... If it's just a, a someone to talk to, I'm here. Like, I understand. Gotcha. And then I had a, a couple of um, couple of clients come on then, and then it's just snowballed. And um, yeah, I'm just super grateful that I had those clients come on and and see value. And because um, I know that it could have been a very different scenario, and it's not the same for everyone else right now. Yeah. No, we're uh, we're the same as you. We're fortunate too. I think we're we're well positioned in a time when like physical presence became extraordinarily limited and all people had was social media and e-commerce a lot of businesses had to pivot from retail or any other way physical to e-commerce so who handles that more than anything who handles communities and who helps get bring the money like it's, mm. it's us so we've had the we've done the yeah. best we've ever done i cannot believe yeah. it. it's ridiculous so we're all, we're all we're very fortunate i think to be in this position when mm. a lot of people you know we, we out of a job and yeah. such so and, and and i think um if i hadn't quit then I wouldn't have been able to just be like, you know, back up against the wall, time to throw punches. You've got you know? to do like it, that's, bro. That's, that's it, man. It, I was like, well, I could curl up into a ball or I can start swinging. <laughs> that's the only move, <laughs> And, right? you know, like, what else can you do? And yep. I'm glad I was... But you talk about being well-positioned and sometimes, like, when things are going on, you don't know why they're happening or what it's for. So, like, I had a few people tell me, oh, just quit in, like, December, or November, December. Like, just quit. You'll be right. Don't worry about the money. I'm like... Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I have to make room for some good things to come in, but I also got to be smart about this. And I'm glad I pushed myself that extra couple of months. Um, but I'm also glad, like, it's been a real slow burner for me because I have done it um, for just over three years now, but I've only been full-time since um, the 1st of March, really. Gotcha. And because I was building ever so slowly, though, but building, um, yeah, once it all, once all the shake-up happened, I was established um i wasn't just oh world's caving in i'm gonna do this now it was i'd already built up some you know you plant seeds and they they sort of take take time to grow so yeah that's whether call it good luck call it good management whatever i'm just happy that it's working out how it is i love it i have a bunch of comments on those things as well because you touched on some great stuff i just want to i keep hearing the little beep so i want to cover some of these uh bruce says hey sunday session steve were you on last week's podcast he was bruce that was the guy on the far right of the screen uh, I guess I th- and Bruce also says, I think that the respect of social media managers is elevating more now that people are stuck at home. Great point. I haven't checked uh, average wages. I would hope that they would have gone up. Um, uh, high season, Tiff is saying, agreed, Bruce. We're also the busiest we've ever been as a result of COVID. That's correct. We've been super fortunate and nonstop, and I'm desperate for a, a break. I need to go away. We're trying to figure it out. Uh, Bruce <laughs> says, a good result of COVID. Uh, Tiff is saying, yes, it's strange because it's such a tough time for so many people, but it's been our best year yet and grateful. Yes, very much so. Steve is saying, yeah, Bruce, that was us idiots. 
Uh, <laughs> Bruce says, hard work and experience causes that. Be grateful, but understand you earned it. I like that. Uh, yeah, nice, cool. Steve. I like the podcast. When we get to travel to Australia, I want to share beers with you, mate. Yes, definitely, Bruce. will connect you guys. Steve says, totally up for that. Bruce will be wicked. It's kind of funny. I think I have more to say when I'm not a guest. <laughs> oh, I love it. These guys are awesome. But um, so you said something that this shit happened to you two weeks after you started. If it's any sort of good omen, when we started high season, we, I had, I sold f- um, some stock, some uh, some shares that I had, which I didn't in hindsight because it was with Apple and they're worth probably worth a ridiculous amount now. But I sold enough to get up to pay our rent for the rest of the year. We went full time July seventeenth, two thousand fifteen. Um, and Tiff's birthday is the 19th so it was like a birthday gift for ourselves to go full time uh, two weeks after we went full time we lost our two clients both of them left as well so yeah. exactly like you though we did the same thing we are like well Tiff also had some additional savings and I put the money aside to, to cover rent like uh, uh, for the rest of the year so we're like alright worst case we just have to make enough money to eat so mm. one of the clients Tiff went she's like what do we do now she went and found a startup that were called Flatbook based here in Montreal, they ended up growing and they became a unicorn billion dollar company now called Sonda based out of San Francisco. All of our clients are in San Francisco. We've got the, one of the biggest companies in the world is our main client and Sonda, our other client, we've had them since everything went to shit. So that's, if that's a good omen for you, we also had a two week uh, you know, stress bomb and we just pushed through it because you have no other choice. Yeah. I, once you get the yeah. taste of this, you can't go back to a job, man. I couldn't work for anybody ever again. I couldn't do it. I'll do anything yeah. to save this, anything. Yeah, really, and yeah. that's resilience, isn't it? You know, like I, uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I, I bet, I bet that period set you up to be like, if any sort of other bump in the road came along, you'd be like, well, we got through that. We'll get through this. Like we just, that's great it. point. And and then something you have to understand when you get into it, this is how the money's yeah. going to be. The money is never yeah. like that. You might have a sick month, like oh fuck yeah, boom, everything's great, and then boom, all of a sudden something yeah. will change. Whether a client doesn't continue for whatever reason, they run out of budgets, you know, whatever, the contract ended and that's it. Um, yeah. It's just how it goes. It comes and goes and you, you don't really ha- – you have control over it, but you kind of don't as well. There's like a, something mm. in the middle there. So it's – got to – I think a lot of – like now envir- uh, entrepreneurialism has become cool. I don't think it was cool when we were growing up. It wasn't like – you know, mm. my, my parents had a business and stuff. It was like a, a, a franchise, like a toys to toy world stores. So like, mm. that was cool, but it was still, they didn't start it from nothing. They sort of bought it off someone. They have a franchise that provides everything. So they still worked their asses off. They had no holidays. They worked seven days a week. All the, it was ridiculous. They, they ruined their bodies because of it. But like, it mm. wasn't as cool. Now everyone thinks it's cool to be an entrepreneur, be your own boss, or calling themselves a CEO without a damn board of directors. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I, had that, I had that exact conversation with someone. How did somebody, it go? I, w- yeah. I wanted to bring it up oh, with no, a few people, no, he, but I didn't want to agreed. offend anyone. He agreed? Uh, I, I, um, I think the thing, it was more so you get an ABN, which is like you're a sole trader and it's just... Like, it'd be, it'd be, yeah. like me, be like me calling myself CEO. Like, I don't... Right. Yeah, it's, I'm, yeah, I'm not a CEO. <laughs> a CEO, in, in, in like a lot, for people who don't know, CEO is cool because rappers keep calling themselves CEOs, but CEO means you're a board of director. If you're a C-level executive, that means you have a COO, CMO, CTO, etc. So it's, it's a very specific thing. I was telling somebody though, you can call yourself a founder, a creator, um, a president, because mm. on our paperwork, Tiffany is the president of high season. It's a real thing. It's not made up. Whereas calling yourself a CEO is made the fuck up. So guys, please stop it. It's really whack. 
Um, <laughs> Stefan yeah, man- manage- Managing director was the, the the one that I came up with. I felt like that. See, was that's good. We used to use that, but I, we do you know what the weird thing was. We didn't think of it at first. We both called ourselves that. But you can't have two. There's only one managing director. One mm. person's the managing person. So Correct. then now we just call ourselves co-founders, co-founder and partner. Yeah. So yep. you can come that's up with easy you know, your own thing, right? Um, so we'll talk about the business stuff. So I love that. So then coming back to the podcast. So you, you started the mm-hmm. Rebel Podcast, like you said, April last year. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about how that's been, what that journey's been like as somebody who mm-hmm. came into it. To be honest, I did the reviews for four years. Then we started the podcast. But I technically did no shit, but I was drinking craft beer at the time. So we started yep. the podcast, but I still was like a noob at the end of the day. I didn't know shit. No, I'm not educated. I don't have BJCP or Cicerone mm. or Prudhomme or none of that. Now, starting the podcast, we admitted, we came into it saying, like, we don't know Jack. Like, we're just figuring it out along the way. And we just talked to smart people. And now I've been around so many smart people, like you were saying, that mm. I've osmosised a lot of their information. Like, I've, I've sponged that shit mm. up. Um, how yep. has that process been for you? Because that's literally the first time I've ever heard anything like this. So it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, mate, it's been an experience. It's, uh, yeah, one of the things that I really sort of hang my hat on. I'm like, I'm pr- really proud of that, you know, and, cool. and I, for, for a couple of reasons, I guess, firstly, yeah, you know, that was my first gig. That was like, you know, I, I'm in here trying to prove myself and prove my worth and, and, uh, the opportunities that have come from even just having Revel as a, as a client, like then we end up making a, a cinema ad, and I've um, had other clients off the back of you know interviews there, and all things like that. It's kind of snowballed, but I, I think that. that yeah. Look, look in the beginning, there there, there were things I, I messed up. Like I was still getting my head around what type of equipment I need, and uh, for for the environment that we recorded in, like we're recording in a brewery, which isn't actually an ideal podcasting environment. Um, yeah. But we didn't. We we, we were kind of a bit strapped for. Um, sort of alternate locations and I wanted to have the taps in the background and like all this sort of stuff and and yeah so I had to so that was the first thing that was a technical thing that was then investing in the equipment to make sure that my clients looked the part you know that I wasn't getting people involved and then you know wasting their time because we, we, we were screwing it up um, so there was that and then it was trying to really plan out um, you know some thought-provoking questions and and probably also a lot of the people that came on the podcast, like there was varied. Um, like we had, we've had Hendo from um, Rockstar on a couple of times. I actually just caught up with him yesterday. Mentioned you guys nice. that um, he caught up with you guys in Melbourne last time you were there. Um, um, I think I might have met him, but I've heard of. I think I've heard about him more than yeah. I've dealt with him. But I've, he's like he comes yeah. out of everybody's. He knows everybody. Every single person yeah. I've met always mentions him. So he's like this legend out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, man, he's awesome. So we've had him on a couple of times. Um, so he's been on quite a few. He's been on the Black Ops one and heaps of other ones like that. So Sick. he kind of knows what it's about. And then you've got other people that are, you know, still quite influential in the industry, but they haven't been on many podcasts. So that's my job to make them feel comfortable. Beer helps, um, but make them yeah. feel comfortable. And, um, you know, make them go, hey, look, this is just as much about you as it is about us. So, you know, what do you want to talk about? Because I want to... And you sort of find that they have half a beer and they're 10 minutes in and, you know, they're, they're all good. And then I that's guess That's all it takes. Nah, that's it. It's a social yeah. lubricant. <laughs> right. Um, but, but uh, yeah, then, then I guess you got to really put your marketing social media hat on and go, what are the grabs I need for what's going on at the moment? Um, but, yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's evolved and it, I think we had about a 42 or 43 episode run of 
the Revel Brewing Show as as it as it was. But then with COVID, we then had to think about um, you know it wasn't feasible to get people in to the mm. brewery, so we changed it to um, a segment called A Beer with the Brewer. So it's uh, Matt Flexman, the co-founder, and then Maddie Cuthbert, the brewer. And uh, we found that was really good because they could just, I could just turn up. I wasn't actually hosting it, so I'm not technically hosting the show right now. Okay. Uh, but we will be moving back to the original format um, very, very soon, I think, and, and keeping keeping the two. So then we're like, well, you know, how do we, how do we add value and sort of change? Well, instead of um, getting the guests on, which was, I guess, sort of displaying yourself as, a, as an expert in the field, that's, that's what that sort of... Um, that, uh, that's what that's sort of tailored to. This one's more, a little bit more raw, but direct to the cu- the customer, the consumer, and being like, this is the beer, this is the hops, this is the malt, this is the story behind the okay. beer, what you can expect from it, you know, and it's sort of sort of coming out now. Um, and then we get people to um, send in mess, um, send in questions on the Instagram stories, and Maddie will answer them. And we actually had his wife on the previous show, which was really cool because that's how they actually met in Melbourne. I think it was maybe not Melbourne, but in Victoria, they were both working at a, a craft beer bar together awesome. and that's how they met. So that's that dope. was a cool story, that, that community thing. So, yeah, it's been a journey. I've been able to get introduced to some people that I, yeah, definitely otherwise wouldn't have and um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. That's dope, man. I like that. I like the way you've sort of been able to figure it out and kind of find the way because one of the things that I was curious about what you were going to do was when you're a brewery podcast, like, and this, I think this is a conversation we had initially. It was like, well, what are you going to talk about? Because you're going to talk about Revel every week. It's kind of um, boring mm. for the people. It just seems like this promo puff piece. It's kind of a waste of people's nah. time. But you've essentially turned it into exactly what any other beer podcast would do. And you just interview people in the scene. And you've made yourselves the the hub of that. You've brought people to your house mm. and, and given them hospitality, yep. made them feel welcome. And now there's something that I've found, and I'd like to hear your perspective on this as well, is that, when you spend, think of a podcast, our podcast goes anywhere from like one hour to two, three hours, whatever. Um, when you spend that much time, then, you know, you get there a bit early, you know, you, this is all pre-COVID, of course, but, you know, you're meeting people, they're giving you a beer, taking you around, looking for a place. You end up spending anywhere between like three and five hours with these people. When you spend mm. that much time uh, with somebody, you start to really kind of connect and you end up like really getting to know people. And it's mm. a different level than if you just have like a, um, uh, whatever some other like the podcast specific um, medium allows for that so have you found that um, well it's two parts to this question have you found that that's helped you because you're spending time even if they're short you cut them into shorter episodes you're still spending a chunk of time two three hours with these people and then on top of that I found it's made me a, one of the most valuable connectors being that if someone hits me up the go do you know this person that oh, yeah yeah I know ridiculous hmm. amounts of people without trying and all of a sudden you look back at five and a half years and I'm like oh fuck I know all these people now and I didn't even yeah. realize so I can connect other people in the industry together to for collabs or do different things to help influence the industry in a positive way because of this network of people that I'm not monetizing but if you're able to be like yo do you know the guys are here whatever yeah man my boys alright I'll connect you it's all good mm. and just having that little plug and that little warm lead or like you know, I brought Chris from Mr. Banks. His first, I like to think this is why, but his first oat cream IPA from uh, Other Half <laughs> last year. And then he started making oat cream IPA. So I'm pretty sure it's from drinking that beer. And I gave him the idea for the Nutrigrain beer. And he did it. I was joking. We were fucking around. Yeah. And he did it. So <laughs> it's, but it's small things like that, though. I'm just saying in a, yeah. in a cool way, like you just find you're impacting 
the industry, even though we're on, we're adjacent, we're industry adjacent, we're not in it really. So like, how right. have you found that with the rapport side and with maybe some impact that you've unintentionally like, fuck, yeah, I'll connect you. Oh, you know, you just find you're, you're valuable in other ways you never thought you would be. Yeah, I think it's, um, the, the podcast format is just the easiest cold call that you'll ever make, <laughs> if, I, if I can put it that way, because that's from a, I guess, a sales and marketing point of view, I'm not going to go harass people to do business with me. Like, I'm just going to do a job, do it to the best we can, and usually the phone rings or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but in saying that, I try to give back whenever I can. So, for instance, we had, um, I guess probably the first part of answering that question is, like, when you're on the podcast, to me, it's all about, um, you spoke about not being a big promo puff piece. Like, the key is education. Okay. Like, we're talking about things in the industry that are applicable to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a passionate, I only drink Revel or Black Ops or Stone and Wood or whatever it is. We're, we're talking about the whole industry. So that's our goal is to to really touch on all the things that the people are talking about or need to know. So then you then you have those people on. Um, and a good example of that is um, Jocelyn from Hop On Brewery Tours. So she came on and... Um, Having that background in, um, I think it's Oregon in um, Portland. Nice big craft beer scene huge, there. Um, huge there yeah. She was, she, yeah. That her her numbers wise, I think they're one of our best runs of, of episodes. Nice um, because she was really able to give us something that we, you know, we can be in our bubble a little bit here, mm. um, but she was really able to to give us some insight into into what happens over there, and I learned so much about that and. Then, I mean, there's only me and two other guys in our business right now, but I was like, hey, Christmas party, let's go on a hop-on brewery tour, right? So that was my sort of thing to go, I love what you're about, let's go, let's go do this. We learned heaps. I then had a random phone call like a week ago from a travel company because their videographers are from Melbourne and they can't do shoots Um. in Queensland at the moment. And she just referred me and she's always, yeah, I I see on the business pages. That, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and I'm sick. quick to sort of also go, hey, guys, like, you know, if you love your beer, go go on this, you know. Like, that, we're all quite forthcoming. And I think that that is probably the thing that I love most about this industry is, you know, business is tough. It's fickle. It's cutthroat. It, it can be dog-eat-dog. But at the same time, I know that, you know, the independent craft beer community, uh, anyone that comes into that ecosystem, they're all trying to help each other do well. Yeah. Um, there is competition within that. Let's 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 be serious. But at the same time, you know, everyone's got that that common goal. And um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's the case. Uh, yeah, some great things have happened just from being involved in this industry, and no doubt, no doubt, things to come um, off the back of that still in the future. That's great. I love that. It's cool that you're seeing it in different ways as well. Like the referral thing is is super key for. Mm. Um, for business as well we found a lot of our business have come from initially anyway it came from referrals word of mouth and then now the youtube has brought a bunch in because we've been really pushing that but uh, a couple comments yeah. here mick is saying hendo is the aussie craft guru yep i yeah i have to i have to get him on <laughs> the man like, yeah i have to reach out to him get him on now everyone keeps talking about mm. it so uh steve is saying i do enjoy the snappy little episodes matt i think we've spoken about I've spoken before about how I will click on that Facebook and keep scrolling while it plays. Not something I do for a longer video. That's true. What? Because yeah. we, we, we always do, before we're doing, we're doing um, uh, friggin', what do you call them? The trailers, were, not trailers, we did the 
uh, highlight video is what we call it. Sorry, it's been so yeah. long, I forgot what the fuck they're called. So we did like a 20-minute video Tiff would cut from it, uh, the podcast, where we just to some of the highlights from it, and we popped that out. So that took her hours to edit that stuff and put that together. Mm. And that was probably why, because no one's going to, you know, if we talk for two hours, no one's going to sit there and click on a two-hour video, really, specifically on Facebook. Um, mm. it's, it's always interesting about how, but I really like that you did go straight to video from the beginning on uh, the mm. podcast, because I think that that's... My second podcast with my brother, we talk about rap stuff from our music side, and uh, we go, we just go live. We we were doing this for BOS. We're like, fuck it, let's just do it this way because we wanted live. But he lives in Toronto, and I'm here in Montreal, mm. which is like five and a half hours away. So since we're not gonna, I haven't seen him for like six months. So we're like, all right, well, we could just do this via the exact same way we're doing it now, and we have a video mm. portion each week. People, some people just like we just before this, we're watching a podcast on the Joe Budden podcast. Just put it on the background. And it's just like mm. these guys talk for three hours, two and a half, three hours, and you just let it go and keep coming back to it. Like it's kind of cool. So it depends how people watch it, but it's dope. So you are doing the mostly short episodes, like, like the 20, 15, 20, is that yeah. right? Yeah, I think that was the dilemma we had in the beginning is that um, I think I could, I could be pulling out random data here, but I did read somewhere that the optimal length of a podcast was about 19 minutes. And I know that that's, that's super contextual, right? So it's like yeah. a Joe Rogan and Russell Brand or an Elon Musk <laughs> podcast. I mean, you it's could four, really four, get into hours. that for like two, three hours, you know, uh, and they're going <clears> off <throat> on all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. But, um, you know, the, 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 the common podcast listener, maybe they've got a 30 minute commute to work and that's like yeah. optimal, you know, that's, yeah. that's a really sort of optimal thing. So I guess what we tried to think about was um, how can we get in people's ears every week? And that was to go and record a podcast. We would do sort of an hour, sometimes get sort of towards an hour and a half. Um, and then we could chop that up into probably no longer than about 20 minutes. And hmm. it meant that we could give specific subject matters as well. So not the whole, like you, wouldn't, you weren't searching for an hour to find the bit. Um, hmm. And I guess that was just that, you know, repurposing of content model. And like a beer with a brewer... Uh, probably started out as like a oh, it was pretty short it was only like a seven or eight minutes sometimes even five minute one and i thought that's it wasn't wasn't quite enough um so yeah that's pretty that's way. pretty short quite enough yeah so there was just it was just a quick this is this is the beer and this is what it's about and and what have you so i'm like well let's add in some questions let's try and elaborate so they're still now up to a sort of about that 15 to 20 minute mark um but yeah then the challenge is is getting it out there and it's like you got to think about the sort of the stings and the grabs that you do um, every now and then to, to get people interested and, you know, putting on what's appropriate for the platform. I still think um, IGTV is actually pretty good because you can you can pop it on there. You don't really have to condense the video time because if it'll, it'll send you to Instagram TV, like on Instagram in the feed, and then it'll send yep. you there anyway if you want to go through. So, that you know, you can sort of sit in there and watch the whole thing if you want. But, um, look, there's a number of ways to do things. It's not... Yeah. I think, and I think that's probably the, the the challenge with social media is you have your best practices and principles, like the you know the boost post is just how Facebook takes your money and anything that they shove in front of you like that, just that's that's a thing. They're just trying to take your money keep, away, really. Keep away. Yep. Um, you know, uh, but then you've got to. That's the challenge is is to think about well, what's appropriate in this format, um, you know. And when COVID hit, it was like, yeah a lot of the best practices maybe went out the window a little bit because we're like, we just got to get in front of people and we just got to stay, you know, present and, um, but, but still provide yeah. value. So that was, a, that was a challenging time for, for content as well. 
Yeah, definitely was. There's like finding the balance. Like we were going live a lot on Instagram before yeah. we started this because we were dead in the middle of all these series and we made a big stink about how we changed our whole shit and we we took some time off for the first time in, in five years type of thing and it was really good to take a break and then change it and then we got four episodes into a six episode season which now i would actually increase but then we had to stop every and like we had the last two booked the week after march 15th is when shit went got real and they were booked mm. like march 19th and 23rd and we had to cancel them so yeah we had to pivot and then that is one of the challenges. One of the other things to speak in the IGTV is dope. That's why we do the shorter, like like one to three minute uh, clips. And then we put the highlight clip on YouTube because we're trying to build our YouTube channel. So we're really yeah. all, just to, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, it all depends on the goals of the podcast. What do you want to do? We want to build the mm. YouTube because we do other YouTube content, which we've slacked on because we got a very large client and we haven't been able to do, and our first employee, and we haven't been able to do anything since like June since he came and since since the big client came. So it's hard to kind of balance everything, trying to get your own stuff out. Then you're running the agency and you're running other clients' stuff. You're exhausted. This is our Friday night and Saturday morning for you. So we're spending that time making more content, which means when we make this content, there's more work to make the rest of the content. So people don't think mm. they see you live and that's cool. Still got to make the cover art. I still got to do the keywords. I got to put it in the playlist, um, do the end cards and all the, the cards during it and the end thing. You've got to, um, I got to edit all the audio, get your audio, put the audio together, get that arranged, send it to my brother. So he sends it back to me. Then I got to write the full description for Libsyn and put that in there so that I can send that out mm -hmm. to the world. Then you've got to put the promo together. I got to take the photos of the cans afterwards. You see where I'm going, right? It's not mm, like a oh, five, yeah. you know, you know what's up, but people I don't think understand. I'm making it, I'm droning it to make it sound like, so you trying to drill home the point that like, there's a lot of shit. It's a lot of work mm. to do this and that's why most people don't last and that's why I was super happy because I'm out, now I know more about what you're doing. I'm not surprised that Revel's podcast is doing so well because mm. you're an entrepreneur, you understand it, you get it from like that technical perspective and it's like instead of being a beer guy doing shit and having to figure out tech and marketing, you're a marketing guy having to just sort of figure out beer with, a, with already an interest in beer and now you've gone and now you've gone from here to here. I'm sure you've probably tried every style and like all these different yeah. breweries and like people know who you are and you're like, you know, that's got to be a fascinating way to do it, to kind of learn about mm. it in front of the world. And it's also ballsy because you probably, do you come out there and say, guys, look, I'm not a expert or anything like that. Or do you just kind of not even comment on it and you're just kind of facilitating the conversations? Uh, I am like, if I can be brutally honest with Please. you, I don't, I don't, um, how do I put this? Uh, you, you know for a fact that in our space, there's a lot of egotistical people doing what we're doing. Correct. For whatever whatever reason it might be, um, they might have a inflated sense of self and think they're the boss and they think they can do everything and it's, you know, it's it just doesn't work out yeah. that way. Uh, and I think that the way that I approach things is like I always look at every scenario and I kind of... I'm, I'm harsh on myself, right. um, but I think that I have to be like that so that I'll grow. You know, um, there's things that I'm confident about, but I'm always happy to be proven wrong, right? If, if I say something and it's not, you know, it turns out the way that I was doing it for two years is, is not right, I'm happy to accept that I was wrong and learn from that and move on. I'm, you know, completely subjective to that. Um, but I think that that's, that's the... That's the angle that I take. You know, if I was to go in and pretend like I knew everything about craft beer, I would have exposed myself to be an idiot. 
because I didn't. And right. and I think even in the very first podcast, I introduced myself and I'm like, look, I would class myself more as a connoisseur than an expert. I didn't know what a balloon of ice was. I didn't know what a, you know, how to make a stout. Or I didn't know what all these other beer styles were. I was, I was just learning the names of everything along the way, right? right. So, but you know, that's why I was like, well, how can I add value? And it was just to ask good questions. And it actually, it actually worked, I think, so well because I was, I was a noob, but I was asking the questions that everyone needs to know. Mm. So if you, get two, if you get two experts together, that can be a good high value, um, high level conversation. But if you've got someone asking the questions to get people into craft beer, you know, it might be... Um, just uh, elementary to to everyone else that's having the discussion but there might be 100 or 200 people watching it like yeah i don't know about that you know and i and and if anything asking those seemingly surface level questions at times i think probably helped yeah uh, so yeah I, where it doesn't matter where i go into um obviously i'm confident in you know the things i do i wouldn't be doing what i do right now if i wasn't but i'm always you know especially when things go wrong like i'm quick to sort of point the finger at myself and be like, well, okay, maybe they could have done X, Y, Z better, but what could I have done? You know, if I'm not looking at what I've done and how I can improve each time, mm. we'll never get any better. So that's, that's the level, that's the level I try and operate with in, um, in most things um, in the business. Um, I just think that's the best way to, to get something out of it. No, I love that. I think that's it. And I'm, as you were talking, I was like, I think that's really the, that's kind of the way we started too, because we position ourselves like, look, we're not writers. We don't we're authors. We haven't written a book. We have um, nothing. Nah. We're not trained. We don't know nah. shit. So keep in mind, we don't know Jack. And I was listening to podcasts and I wasn't hearing any people like us. And Steve said no. the same thing. I had a chat with him about it. Like he said, that was the thing. He couldn't find many people. We were one of the few. There's probably a few others now, like yourselves and the boys. And I'm sure there's some out here and whatever, everywhere that are more in that vein. But five years ago, there wasn't anything. Five, six years ago, there was mm. nobody making content that wasn't already for like a higher sort of like, I, I, in my mind, it was so boring. It was for an older age group, but it also was for people who maybe knew a little bit more about beer, which at the time was a significantly smaller um volume of people and now i think people are really understanding craft beer and mm. we and it seems like at least at the very least we could talk for for yourself us and, and for uh, the sms boys that we're not trying to make anything we, we're trying to make it as welcoming and unpretentious and straightforward as possible look beer can be that pretentious it's not what we're about yeah we're going to talk about tasting notes and stuff but we no, there's no real like question that's too dumb and I think that's important because what we need to do to grow the industry is to bring mm. more and more people in it. So it's really smart you're not positioning the rebel thing and even, your, like you said, you would have exposed yourself so you couldn't fake it even if you wanted to. No. But you've, you've made it a welcoming place for Australian craft beer fans, particularly if you want to be, you know, everything's local, so you want to drill down. If people in Brisbane specifically like, yeah, I know Revel, I know Hendo, I know these breweries catching up with now. Yeah. Like, there's a familiarity, yeah. and that's what I find. It's everything's local. I'll go and do this episode, and there'll be a bunch of Aussies commenting. I'll do something in Ontario. The local people in they drill down to that town or, like, the west end of Toronto or something like that. There'll always be... The, the local pride and people really love that and, and drill into mm. it and then everybody learns something like oh yes yeah, sick that's my brewery I'll listen to that like I like these guys let's listen to the next one and it's sort of mm. like it grows and what you're doing and by doing it that way you're helping Revel grow their business and their, plat their, their sort of thought leadership which is I mm -hmm. think important that people uh, don't rate thought leadership highly enough mm. yeah absolutely um, 
and and that's that's the thing. If I if I come in pretending I know everything, I'm not going to learn anything. You know, like obviously I know I know my stuff when it comes to social media, but uh, I think that yeah, the real the real value is when you come into a business and you're willing to learn everything about them and yep. and show them how to make it work. I don't think, you know, I used to sort of think every now and then I'm like, oh, am I just a hack because you know I just do this on the side and, and whatever. And then it was, you know, COVID happens. Now everyone's working from home. I'm like, great, you can come play on my terms now. Like, right. <laughs> you know, and now, now we're all this, on the even playing field now. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, it. So that was, that was the interesting thing that sort of happened like that. And um, yeah, I just think that if you're coming into any business, you've really got to spend the time, get to know people and um, find out how to, how, to, how to best serve them. So craft beers, Craft beer is no different to, to any any other industry in that way, but uh, yeah, yeah. that the industry is is definitely unique, and the ways that people win in 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 the industry are completely different. Everyone's got sort of different strategies and that and that kind of thing. Different markets are trying to appeal to. Um, I guarantee, if I went to go and work for another brewery down the road, which I don't think would ever happen, to be honest, um, I think that you know I can. Like real estate, I can work with a number of different clients in, in different areas, but I don't think I could really do what I do uh, for any other business other than Revel. And um, yeah. oh, that's so that's really important, really important Conflicts. to me. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's just not it's just not something I'm interested in doing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I'm all about the in, the industry, right? I'm still happy to um, you know promote promote the industry as a whole and get behind the other breweries that are doing really well. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Um, that, that's important in, in our industry anyway. So you're helping everybody even if, uh, yeah, because even if you're not able to sort of like have multiple, that's the problem, right? You can niche down as an agency and then some businesses don't want you to have the sort, the special sauce that you bring them. Like if you yeah. give that to all of them, it's, and every, every, yeah. uh, every you know, strategy and plan would be different for every, every brand that you have. But mm. the same token, there's still going to be an element of similarity in the mm. way that you do things. So mm. it's kind of tough sometimes to need, but if you've got real estate agents in different areas and stuff, that's kind of cool because it's not it a di- direct it, competition type of thing. No, it, it dilutes the brand, I think. Um, yeah, so that's, that's not something that I'm really interested in doing, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. No, it's smart. And I, think, I don't even think we even have much of a choice. I think there's definitely some sort of ethical, maybe not legal, but like I've, we've had people ask us before, and there's different things you can do. I've heard you can, uh, you know, if, if you're, tr- say, if you're a unique, whatever your niche might be, if it's real estate, you might have an agent be like, oh, I don't want you working with any other agents. Well, then there's like, you can arrange it so that you have like m- much higher fees for that exclusivity or so- and stuff like that. There's, yeah. I've, we never yeah. got to that ourselves. We didn't really deal with that. But like, that was what we heard. We looked into it a bit. We thought, okay, mm. well, it's one way around it. But yeah, it's an mm. interesting kind of... Uh, it's a, particularly with beer in a, in a type of industry where everything is so not, it's com- like you said before, competitive, but it's kind of not. You share secrets and information more than any other industry I've ever seen. Um, so it is interesting that you wouldn't, like, it's particularly you hosting. This is your personal IP. You've got your face out there and your voice and your mm. name attached to this podcast. So you are synonymous with this podcast. So it would be very difficult to have Matt now hosting six different podcasts for breweries and stuff. You probably do your head in too, talking the same. Oh yeah. No, I I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I do, I do a podcast for another business completely outside of the, um, the uh, beer space. Um, but yeah, I couldn't see myself doing too, too many of them. It's just not a, it's not a scalable thing. Not podcast. Uh, It's a lot of of time. No, 
yeah, definitely a lot of work. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just really enjoying what's what's happening at the moment. And I think um, getting back to when I was talking about uh, potentially like egotistical people working in our environment, I was I was specifically talking about the digital marketing uh, kind of space. And it's um, right. yeah, it's just an enjoyable thing to me and it just enables a bit of cut through when you just you know you can tell when people are in it for themselves like they're really sort of overawed by the um business uh, entrepreneur uh, influencer type of things like you know you'll never see me posing next to a rented lamborghini or anything selling the secret sauce like all that stuff's just just garbage and um i don't think i could do I don't think I could be in an industry like craft beer if I wasn't fairly down to earth in that way. And I think that that's been kind of like the the thing the thing that's helped. You know, I'm just, to be honest, I'm just a, another bloke having a crack. That's what I've got on my Instagram. Right. I don't have entrepreneur, I don't have whatever. Like, I'm just, yeah, that's just that's just me trying to trying to add value sort of where I can. And um, yeah, the beer, the beer space has been a really good springboard to, uh, to other things that to really nice. get in get in the trenches with a, a business and understand what they're up to, where they're going, where they want to be. And it's been great to take that and, and replicate that onto other businesses. Cause uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's all sort of contextual, but um, when businesses I think are also in that growth stage, which, which a lot of breweries, uh, it's a really crucial time cause they have such a capital expensive um, operating process, right? Yeah. So when they're, when they're looking at marketing, it's like, I know we've got to spend money, but you know, there's already so many overheads. So you really, it's a really good challenge to try and make the, the most impact you can. And I think that's that's been able to serve me to go to other businesses that, you know, they might be, um, like I'm working with one at the moment that's uh, like a gym slash cafe, um, co-working space and yoga studio, all this wow. sort of stuff. So it's, yeah, not even beer, but it's like, it's so unique because there's literally nothing else like it in Brisbane. And they opened just before COVID, then they opened back up again. So I'm, I'm sort of taking lessons learned from there, coming in and being like, you know, these are these are the things that we need to do to make the most impact right now. Um, you know, I know you've just had a rough however, but I'm here to sort of try and help you up to the next level. And um, yeah, that that's the thing I enjoy most. I mean, if you're already tapping into a company doing seven or even eight figures and, and you help them grow, like that, that's awesome. Um, but they've probably got that budget already to, you know, at least they can they can spend the money that they need to 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 to, to get it going. Um, yeah. And it's definitely not not anything to sort of downplay. But yeah, I really do enjoy, uh, you know, because I know because I because I've been there. You know, I was working at a like I said, the Airbnbs and hotels doing work. I was, I was actually working four jobs at one time. Jesus. Oh, sorry, day job, two bar jobs, and I was driving Uber, and yeah. I was just working round the clock. And my accountant stitched me up with the Uber thing. They screwed me over with that. Uh, so that's when I started this. I was like, I need to do something else that that um, you know, I've got a little bit more sort of control over. But yeah, just I guess the point I'm trying to make is like it's just. If you get someone that's willing to sort of get in the trenches with you and and really be like, let's take you and let's get you somewhere, rather than just here you go, you'll pay me and you'll keep paying me and you're well to keep spending. It's like, yeah, it's not not really the service that that we're about. We're we're in it for the long haul. I love that. I want to get into that in more detail. What I'm going to do is take a quick piss. I'm going to grab my next beer. In, <laughs> in the meantime, while I'm just gone, I'll be at 20 seconds. But could you just talk about? 
I want to get more into the other side and why breweries need this marketing because I haven't talked about this yeah. for a while. This is one of my favorite topics yeah. and it'd be cool to talk about it with you. Um, can you just tell people the types of services that your business does for whatever mm. business just to give people a context of what yep. we're talking about and then we're going to get into more of the not abstract but sort of why they need these specific things. Mm-hmm. Is that cool? Yeah. Right. I'll be two seconds. Thanks, man. Go. All right. So I guess this is my <laughs> my sneaky plug for the, for the, the, the episode but... Uh, look, I guess there's, you know, it, it's a question. It's a question that's sort of like, how long's a piece of string? And the, um, I guess the the problem or the 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 issue that comes up a lot, whether it's breweries, whether it's whatever, is they're like, I want someone to come and do my social media or something like that. And and what we what I sort of explained um, back back further was that, you know, what we do is actually like eight to ten different things packaged up in a, uh, I don't always like to use the term one-stop shop, but really it is. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of really good videographers, photographers, web designers, digital marketers, um, social media account managers, whatever they might be, that are great in their own discipline and, and, and so valuable. But I think where we, we probably add the most value is that we're the one port of call, we're the one you know, ask to kick if, if things aren't going um, to plan. So, you know, we, we can do anything in the creative space. Um, I guess video is like that top that top sort of um, tier of what we do, and it's probably about two-thirds of what we do, uh, or just uh, definitely over half. But uh, what generally happens is that someone will come to me and they'll be like, can you make a video for whatever reason? Yep, yep, no worries. And then they're like, oh, we need a website too. And I'm like, okay, so then we end up building the website. And... and the, the common the common thing and it's where we set ourselves apart especially with like real estate and stuff <clears> like that is like they go oh um you know i need someone to do a video and i'm like yeah video is great but if you don't do ads and you don't do them properly it's like buying a lamborghini and not putting fuel in it so the video now becomes worthless and they go oh it didn't work it didn't whatever and i'm like what result were you were expecting like mm. this and so i have to sort of advise on that so yeah, it's you know it's photography, videography, web design. Um, they're probably the main things, and digital marketing, so Facebook and Google ads, all that sort of stuff. And I think the the thing that that we can offer value to in is um, I don't like to use the word consultants too much, but like if there's anything in the digital space, even if we don't provide it ourselves, I guarantee you that we'll be able to find the correct person to do that and facilitate it. And that's mm. probably where we make it, you know, make our money, so to speak, because we're the, <clears throat> we're the person that you can call that you go, Hey, I've got this idea. Or I need this certain thing. You know, we don't make apps, but it's like, well, Oh, you need an app for your business. Well, I know the things you need. I know what platforms you need to be on. I, I can source that for you and manage that process. So, yeah, I think there's that's the value. Um, I've heard this from other businesses that they love just having that one person to go to and go, "Can you do this? If not, you know, can you manage this for us and find someone who will?" So. Right, that's dope. That's something that we've done time and time again. But sorry, from time to time, because it all depends on uh, how much you really want to kind of like deal with that, and if it's worth it for the extra money. Uh, what are you drinking then? Talk, tell us. Uh, another another pail. Another pail. So I bought I bought a four pack of pail. Um, so yeah, we'll finish beautiful. that off. Um, I got my first. Finally got my first black is beautiful beer. Let's see if I can. Mm. Uh, this one is from Nickelbrook. 
in Burlington, Ontario. Um, in uh, this is they collabed with a girl named Lori Allsourced is her uh, yeah. Instagram, and uh, mm-hmm. so I like it. They're getting a person of color involved in the beer. So yeah. I uh, they didn't send it to me. I purchased it because they let me do mm-hmm. it. Um, so I haven't yeah. been able to get my hand on any of these ones, but this one looks super interesting. It is six. I'm trying to look at the can as I'm pouring it. Six point three percent says chocolate and strawberry stout. Ooh, that sounds tasty. Right? Oh, look at that head! My God, I'm lucky I got a bunch of these, man. I'm excited as hell. I love it. I, I had I had a real interesting one. I'm pulling it up so I don't make a fool of myself. Urbanaut beer blender. Yes. Now this was. Have you seen that one? Yeah, my friend in uh, my friend sent it to me recently, and they're from Kiwi, from oh. uh, Auckland. They're from Auckland. Oh, it's it was. Dope, yeah. So it's like a salted caramel IPA and then a pear sour and then the cans are like this big. So you sort of have a taste and then you mix it. And uh, yeah, like super, super sweet. Probably not like a, a sessionable thing you drink quite a lot of. Um, but oh, super tasty and unique. Um, love love it. it. Love trying different different stuff like that. That's a cool idea. I love yeah. it. Matty, cheers, guys. Cheers. Get in ya. Cheers. Get in ya. Nice. Strawberry. I guess when you have Strawberry like... Strawberry and chocolate. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Don't I must it... admit, I have, I have been getting into some of my dark beers lately. Um, I hadn't been a big dark beer drinker. And then I, I, I had a couple of, couple of different stouts uh, and some brown ales. And I was just like, yeah. This is, this is interesting. Makes me think a little bit more. Some killer stuff, bro. Like once once you sort of get over that kind of hump, it's uh, it's glorious. Mm. The grumpy, the, yeah. the dark beers are insane. Um, quick couple comments just to catch up, then we'll get back into it. Steve is saying, "I just love tinkering with audio and drinking good beer." Shit, bro. I respect that. Um, Sam Smalley, uh, hi from Southwest Victoria, dudes. What up, Sam? Uh, I've only ever tried three Revel beers, all stouts, and was pretty happy with them. Just haven't come across your range very often, probably because it's southwest of Victoria. I, I, I imagine mm. it wouldn't be super amazing uh, yeah. as far as down there. Yeah. Um, Steve says, G'day, Sam. Haven't I seen you on beer together? Oh, that's the um, Tiffany's thing. I've been trying to get, I'm supposed to get on that. Uh, Samus, Olivier, what up? So he said, geez, Craig drinking water. Mark your calendars, guys. Hey, I drink water every episode, my G. Stay hydrated. It's very, very key. Very key, guys. Take it. So we just talking about um, just before the, uh, the importance of breweries doing marketing and in the way that you were describing it. And hopefully the way, you know, I caught the end of it, but I get the point that you were trying to just connect and show that, you know, if you need one thing, you are, if you need a website, well, you need photography for that website. And you probably need some videos to do something on that and so on and so forth. So you're able to sort of service all those needs. But I find the beer industry and in, in the brewing industry period is one of the industries that's most lacking in its marketing efforts. I feel like they don't value mm. it. I understand, like you said, they're very capital heavy. They're putting literally, in some play, uh, cases, millions of dollars into these oh, yeah. establishments, yeah. right? Off the rip, they're walking in the door, like, you know, six, seven figures in debt. So to be able to spend more on marketing, like like you said, it's basically the brewery's a Lamborghini, but you got no, no petrol for it. So... It's, it, it doesn't really 
match, but have you what have you experienced with breweries these days and market? I feel like it's been better, particularly since COVID, so it's kind of hard to even mm. sort of think beforehand. But have you what are your thoughts generally speaking? Uh, do you sort of echo what I'm saying as far as breweries typically haven't taken it seriously, don't have a marketing person, don't have a social media person, it's just someone's side job, like a bartender's side job or mm. whatever? Um, I suppose it's it's hard it's hard for me to comment on uh, really what any other brewery is doing as, as far as like do they value it or whose job is it but it is it is the common it is the very common thing in a lot of businesses it's just the path of least resistance to just get the admin person to like run the social media yeah um, I was talking to a friend of mine in uh, again in real estate we do a lot of work there she's not an agent herself but in that industry and and she's like why are you getting the admin girl to do this? Because like that's that's not what she's there for. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the posts are doing nothing. There's no strategy behind it. Uh, all that all that sort of thing. It's so uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but I mean, if it is like a lot of other businesses, it, it probably is happening. Um, and I guess there's probably two sides to that because whenever I come into a business, I'm not ever like I don't look at their facebook instagram whatever and just be like oh, what are you doing like this is you know this is slack or who's doing this like don't you even care about it right what i love seeing i just love seeing that, that there's someone's in there having a go do you know what i mean and and i and again sort of gets back to that sort of start up in the trenches type type of thing um you know maybe maybe there isn't a budget in there initially but i think it's it, it's it's probably something that um you need to you, breweries probably do need to account for something Talk, talk to someone maybe before you, you know, swing open doors and see what you can arrange to, um, you know, so that you have something from when you start. Uh, and and it, it's, 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 um, that's what I'm looking for. It's, it's contextual or relative. It's relative on where the business is at at the time, right? Mm, yeah. If you have, uh, if like, I'll, I'll use a Black Ops example mm. purely and simply because you can read Operation Brewery and they tell you exactly how, they all sort of got it started and you know Dan Norris obviously came from a marketing background um, he knew he knew organic content creation very well and then um, Eddie and Govs they were voices for the the brand as well so you look at that scenario and, and you're like well they had they did have a person there which was I, I would uh, say from reading the book predominantly Dan right so they did have someone steering that side so you can and, and again people come into business at different times like it could be a handful of people that have full-time jobs that don't really have the time to do that stuff extra. Or it can be that per one of those people in the business that can sit down and dedicate time each week to doing this, responding to the comments and, and all that kind of thing. But I guess to, you know, if I can summarise all that, it, it's something that, you know, it's something that it really needs to be considered. It can't be the last thing on the list. You know, it yeah. can't, you, you can't sort of think... You know, and hindsight's twenty twenty. But like, if I was to open up a brewery tomorrow, and let's just say I had I had the money, but I had to beg, borrow, and plead for to to, to get it, um, and I was a couple couple million dollars in the hole, you still got to be putting, still got to be considering marketing in there somewhere because uh, the challenge that every brewery I think has, and what um, sort of alluded to in the beginning of the competition, uh, competition podcast. Um, <laughs> You know, you sort of spoke about all the great beers coming out of Queensland, especially at the moment. There's fantastic beers all over southeast Queensland that, that I've tasted all the way up up the um, the north coast. Um, but everyone needs to know about them. Mm. 
And if they don't know about the amazing beers that you're making here, if they don't know the story behind your your brewery and what makes you perhaps a little bit different to other other um, uh, other breweries and that sort of thing, um, to me, I just think it's a waste. You know, every and every I guarantee you, every brewery, every business, every what have you, they have a unique story to tell. And whether it's getting someone externally like myself to to come in and you know really really sort of find out what the go is and articulate that to the audience that that is a way or you need to have someone in your founding group that knows that stuff that and that. that's that's what they're there for so whether and especially if it's in the founding group you know maybe that's a profit share or that's a that's a what have you sweat um, equity stuff. i think sweat equity yeah. whatever it is um correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i think it's sterling from bolter had a a um history at billabong or some bigger sort of company like that so you know that they're they're a, they're a very and they're obviously seen how well they're doing that yeah. so you, you know that that's an important person didn't they just sell they just the sold organization uh, i believe they did yeah, yeah to carl to carlton i think um whatever man get your but, money uh, get your money well yeah and, and look that if they weren't doing good things that conversation would never have never have happened so they yeah, need um, is a great yeah yeah, I guess I guess bottom line is you, you need you need someone whether it's an external agency that comes on and, and sort of partners, um, you know, like I do, and that's the key key thing I think is there a partner in your business, um, or or a founding partner or something like that. Yeah, it can't it can't be the last thing you think about. It just has to be part of the business plan. I think. Hundred uh, percent. I think partner is a really good word because of what I was saying earlier about how deep the marketing person gets in your business. Like they become the voice of your business. So it can't, it makes it really hard if it's like a, a third party that's not really as engaged or sort of mm. you know, really involved in it. I think the long-term partnerships definitely, um, like you said earlier, you were talking that's what you do. That's what you're looking for. Mm. And there's a reason for that. We prefer that too. And having Sonder for like five years now, pretty much it's, mm. we know them inside out, like, because the voice like there's no one else who's really touched it so that really makes yeah. a difference and and you know it's cool to do campaigns here and there we've done that for breweries before we've had a lot of brewery clients and um i find that they still because at the end of the day if they're going to put their money in it people always want to see oh i'm going to put five grand into social media per month or whatever including ads and blah 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 and yeah, what yeah. am i am i am i making 20 grand from that five grand i'm like well yeah depends what you value the roi on your community like hmm are you building a community? Like you're building for Revel. There's going to be people who just listen to the podcast who don't even know who Revel are that are going to know who Revel are by the end of it. And they're going to be familiar. Mm. Like, oh, this is dope brewery in Brisbane. No, I knew it. Like I didn't mm. know they were there. They're 20 minutes away. Mm. Let's go down. Exactly. Things like that. Like it just comes, and it's, it's, it's the, uh, these other marketers here in Montreal, they call it the gray area. So it's like, the marketing gray, whereas like you can't necessarily link it to something, but like someone will text you and be like, and I get this all the time. Like, hey man, I got or they'll DM me and they'll be like, "Yo, I got this. Uh, I bought this beer because because of you or whatever. Because you mentioned it on the podcast or whatever." I'm like, "Fuck man, put it post it publicly and tag them so they know." Like that's mm. the gray area. You can't prove that. There'll be people messaging. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Or they'll comment on the Instagram post that were boosted in the proper way, and they'll be like. Mm. Oh, I got a like from you guys or whatever because you've done community engagement and you've, someone's engaged. Someone commented on my photo. Next time I'm at the LCBR or at the bottle shop, I'm I'm gonna I'll grab a four pack or and they'll post a picture of the four pack and I've seen that happen time and time mm. again. So it kind of is like you can't always track that. Reports don't track that stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? and and do you know what? It's it's such a it that's such a thing in itself. Um, 
but that that again comes down to us being experts at what we do, whether it's breweries, whether it's whatever, and explaining that. Yeah. And I I have a hard time. Um, this is like a Gary V thing, um, even though I don't always like to <laughs> paraphrase him too much. Totally. But but uh, no, like yeah, he does so many good things. But um, he, he he's like, look, if you're if I'm going to have to sell you on what we're doing, then I'm just not going to work with you, right? That's what we so, do. So yeah. no, so it's like if I have to explain to you that oh sorry I can explain it to you but if if I go and explain to someone and go all right so the thing is if you do nothing you'll get you'll get nothing right if I if I post a picture on my personal page and then someone from my cricket clubs like hey I picked up this and some pizzas and beer and whatever right I can't produce that on any sort of report right if I and this happened to me probably three or four weeks ago I was sitting at the brewery doing some work a guy comes up to the counter um oh today do you have such and such Oh yeah, I I remember them talking about that one on the podcast, and then that guy guys that guy buys a beer or the four pack. There's nothing that says that he liked the post, commented on the post, followed the page because of that thing. Thank you. I can't I can't track that. Like I can't. But I've I've I heard him with my I watched him go in there and you know so I know he's listening to the podcast. I know that whether he's a you know because I'm not a big. I, I consume a bit of content, but I don't go on there and voice my opinion on lots of things and like, and I, I'm not very engaged like that. I, I watch stuff, I follow stuff. I'm not a big, I'm going to have my two cents worth here all, all the time. So, but, you know, then you might go, oh, how many likes does the podcast get? And it's like, well, I'd rather see people go and buy beer, <laughs> you know, it, but then it then it's trying to connect some kind of data or some kind of, explanation um around that and it's it can be a very hard thing so like for instance i touched on the again the real estate thing with you know views over clicks through and and things like that and it's like well you know let's look at your your revenue let's look at um you know things like things like that that are that are kind of tangible but i think people do need to if they haven't already um they do need to accept that Social media can be at times um, an intuitive thing. Mm. You know, it's it. I, I just know from my own business, like um, even just as even just as I you were talking to me, I noticed a message come up on my phone where. So I just finished building a website for um, a client. So previous to this, in COVID, I had a cricket a um, a friend that I used to play cricket with approach me. Hey, you know, I need a website from a photography page. I've kind of been pushed into doing this now. Can you make it? And I was like, yeah, cool. Made the thing. Posted about it. And then another friend from the same cricket club from like 12 years ago was like, hey, I didn't realise you did websites as well. I'm starting my own electrical business. I need you to make a website for me. I've posted that on my personal page, not even my business page. I posted that on my personal page last night. And I don't know whether he's tuned into the podcast right now and I spoke about websites or he just seen that post now. And he says... I said on the post, if you've played cricket with me for the last 20 years or, or so, now's a good time to message me about getting a website done. He's my accountant. I played cricket with him since I was eight years old and he's come and messaged me about a website. Now, right. I, don't have, I don't have any data to show you on that. All I know is that it was me putting myself out into the world, talking about what I did, showing people who I am and what I'm about and then having them connect with me. So... Yeah, that's that's the grey area. I can't I can't give you data or metrics on that, but what I can definitely say to you is that you know the more you put yourself out there, things happen. It's no different to when um, I went in there to do that podcast with Anthony from Second Radio at Revel. 
you know, I can't wrap a figure around that. <laughs> and now you know, look what all is, I know, yeah. all I know is I was just a bloke that was having a crack, and I went there. We had a couple beers. We, we you know, we we had a chat, and that sort of evolved from it. So, if people can sort of um, get their head around it, but then bring someone in like myself that's like, well, this is how we optimize and maximize it though. Okay, we do the podcast, but then we take some grabs, we turn them into ads, you know, all that all that kind of thing. This is our, you know, you still have to have a strategy, right? But of um, I think that, that it's always going to benefit those people that just put themselves out there and just allow serendipity to happen. And then yep. you'll look back and, and, you know, give it six to 12 months and then you'll look back and just be like, oh yeah, so all of that came from... That, 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 it's just this snowball effect. So that's, that's it. Um, but you have to, you have to give it time. Um, and yeah, and you just have to have the right mindset, I guess. That's it. It's a series. I don't know if this applies to it, like the die of a th- death from a thousand cuts. So it's not just mm. one big thing, but in a positive way. So there's like a, yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of everything that happened is, is an accumulation of, of all the small things that you've done, all the work you've put in over the years and the good will from the consistency. And I think it also comes from good work, which I want to, we got one comment, but um, I have some thoughts on that because I think that's really important. And that's where people kind of drop the ball. Uh, Olivier is saying it's very similar to huge and expensive photo ads they put by the oh the billboards by the highways and such they can really measure the return on invest can they really measure the return on investment of this type of advert uh, advertisement i mean mm. like they've been trying for years the uh, the old school advertising agencies would be like well this uh part of the highway gets two hundred thousand cars per week or whatever bullshit like that yeah they, they do that everywhere but like we can tell you how many people from what age group and what city and what they're interested in clicked on your ad or saw your ad. And we can make sure that those people only see your ad because people give these mm. platforms their information. There's no better way than digital marketing. Like Gary, yep. like we, we were disciples of Gary before because Gary gets people in the game. And once you're in the game, you don't really need Gary and that's what he wants. Uh, yes, he always exactly. says that. So yeah. I still fuck with him. We've and met that, him. And that was what my comment before was about. Yeah, so go on, sorry. No, you're right. No, because I was aligning with you because yeah. like I don't like paraphrasing him either because it, you don't yeah. want to be on, on his kind of riding his wave for too long. But, you know, yeah. he was very instrumental in our early days and we watched him religiously and we met him in 2017 and we got a photo with him and he signed all our books. And I feel like from that moment we and we made some big decisions after that that worked out well for our business and i'm like all right gary got us that motivation and kept us going so yeah if you're not too sure and you're in that early stage fucking go hard on gary pause but oh, um sure. the quality of the work is really key because cool you can post on social but look being that you're a, a guy in marketing and you might say you don't but we all do you see a poorly put together instagram feed from a brewery for example maybe it's just a series of shitty flyers and like uh, you know, old iPhone photos of their beers and not nicely presented, you're going to be like, this business doesn't care about what they're doing. And you're going to judge them accordingly. I really mm-hmm. think everybody does. I think that we are guiltier of it than others because it's what we do for a living. But if I see mm-hmm. a, a brewery that doesn't take, I'm like, man, like, it's really hard to care because I don't think you care. Um, mm-hmm. So I would really recommend on top of all the other stuff, everything you said was really important. But if you don't have quality content, even if you've got to put out mm. some content, but make it as good as possible because it, yeah. it's, it really is night and day for some people and it makes a difference where it was like someone, maybe you follow somebody, I look at them like, oh, they feed shit, man. Like, oh, fuck it, no. And it, it's, yeah. 
you, you've lost an opportunity now because you didn't put any effort mm. into your feed. So yeah, while it's good, just somebody who, who knows what they're doing but also knows how their way around a DSLR or they have a, a new iPhone, new Samsung, a new Pixel, something like that that's like got a fire mm. camera that knows how to use editing. So like there's free edit, like, you know, Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom is free. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all we use. It's game changing. You can download a preset pack for 30 bucks and just use Lightroom and that's at least... That's at least like above the base level, you know. That hundred percent, bro. You, you can you you can work with that. The bar is so low in this shit, and this is what uh, like if anybody doesn't hit significantly above it, the very least average, I really think you're messing up. Like it's not that hard to put a little bit of effort in. Like even if it's not great, it can be possible. And, and unless you get mm. a lot of bruises, you just aren't possible. And it's kind of. Um, not really discouraging because I feel like it's got better, so that is very encouraging. So I got to give them props, but typically they didn't take it serious. And and you know I still don't think breweries like you know when people since we started working with these larger companies, we've put our prices up, which is what happens every year. You, you know prices go up, and once people mm. someone pays that new minimum, well that's your new minimum, and our new minimum is not affordable for breweries, unfortunately. We're trying to find other ways to work with them, whether it's consulting. I know you mentioned before about consultants, but. We started yeah. doing hourly consulting. I love it. I come up with fire-ass ideas when we're chilling and we're vibing yeah. it. And you do it by the hour and you can consult yeah. them and you get you got specific questions. Well, we don't have to do it for you because to pay us to do it for you is very expensive because now we're start, mm. we, were, we were working with small and medium companies. Now it's sort of medium to large like, and, and corporate, like very large. So it's more just like, see, you know, if you don't, if you kind of have someone on the team that's like, handy enough that's good enough then you could hire someone like you know by the whether it's consulting for, i don't know if you offer it yet but you might want to consider mm. it we didn't always offer consulting it's only in the last year or so and it's one yeah. of my favorite things to do because it's affordable for people who don't want to pay our you know our high monthly rate for us to do stuff but you can get in really cheap and be able to get us to show you how to do stuff and to guide you mm. through and have immediate questions that's affordable that's doable for a lot of businesses even a brewery so mm. um I really feel like there's a bunch of things to consider. So even if you've got a little bit, still you could look for some professional help just to guide you. Just like people have business coaches and like yeah. whatever else, you know, you've got someone to guide you through the process. So the very, you might only need one hour and then you're good to go. You've got enough information. If, you've, if you're smart enough and you've, dude, everything's available for free. The shit that we put out via high season YouTube, it's the stuff mm. we charge for. We really... We put all of that stuff out there and it's just a matter of people wanting to actually go and spend the time to watch the videos and figure it out. And most, I'm going to argue like 80 to 90% of people will not do that. They really won't. They want it all spelled out to them, but they also don't want to pay. So there's this kind yeah. of like middle ground, but then there's a the smart people. We figured all out shit. We didn't pay for anything. We just figured it all out yeah. ourselves. Yep. So yep. it's an interesting thing. Yeah, go I, I totally... I totally agree with that, and I think that yeah, the the consulting thing, I'm definitely not um, I'm not opposed to it, and and it probably is um, you know something that I should probably look in, look more into because I'm similar to you. Like as we sort of become more in demand, yeah, obviously prices go up, and we, like we know we're like we know our value. Yeah, uh, and I'm not I'm not opposed to like you sort of get in the beginning and even doing stuff for free, but that's got to be really. You know, like with my cricket club, I'm not going to charge them brass razoo. Like, they're my cricket club. I've been there since I was, like, 14 years old. Like, I don't care about that. And I know that that will pay off long-term anyway. But, yeah, you've kind of got to draw that line. But, um, yeah, with the consulting that, That's thing, a tough one. I, I think it's – yeah, it's it's a – the consulting mates thing is a good idea. Yeah. Mate, so just, yeah. mate, we'll talk about that in a second. But mates rates is something that we've had a very lot – we've done a lot <laughs> of soul-searching about that because – 
when you yeah, when you put the discounts on those invoices and you add that shit up at the end of the year and you see that five figure you're like fuck yeah that's not good yeah anyway sorry continue yeah <laughs> yeah 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 no that that's cool um but i do think there is value and it gets back to that uh, pardon me that thing about how um every business is different breweries other businesses what have you they're structured in different ways you might have someone that has the technical capabilities as in like they can they are handy enough with a camera to be above average or at least the average benchmark level right and they're like look we can't pay someone four figures or more on a retainer per month but i can pay you you know a few hundred dollars a month for for your time like so that i know at least what i'm doing is the right strategy and then when we get a you know get a result all right now we can probably talk about bringing you on because now i'm going to get and it's a common problem with some businesses we work they're like since you come on we're like so busy we're just inundated you know then it's then now that's when you can take it up to the next level i suppose but yeah. uh again it, it still goes back to what does this business need does this business need to pay me ten thousand dollars a month fuck no they're gonna go out of business in three months like right. it's, it's no not point gonna, it's not gonna no there's no point i'm gonna take you 30 grand and piss off but it's not helping anybody whatsoever, right? Um, it's leaving a bad taste in your mouth. I'm not going to feel good about it. Um, no, thank you. But you or I could come into somewhere and consult on an hourly rate. And what they have is they have a strategy. They have something that they can follow and they can go back and test it. They can learn from it. And then because uh, we as a company offer so many different things, we can be like, all right, now you can do a couple of videos and some photos per month so that you've got the right content to post. I'm not going to spend the time to write the captions and do everything like that, but now you have something that you can work with that sets you apart from the rest. Yes. And you have some general practices around what you should and shouldn't be doing. So, yeah, there's huge value in that, to be honest. Yeah, it's just a matter, like you said earlier, like making sure that people are aware of that and where that, you know, that, that sort of process of starting maybe with consulting and getting a professional then seeing like oh mm. can we do something or maybe if you can't afford yeah. the, you know that like you said the fourth uh, figure value then mm. maybe get an intern or a, an assistant and then have us train them or something like that yep. to get them up to yeah, speed yeah and, and 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 to the brewery thing i mean if if uh if breweries are a bit gun shy about um yeah i can't afford someone on retainer to do to basically be my marketing partner you know, even if it's like, it could be like a thousand dollars for a, like a robust top down strategy on how you would do everything that you can take. I just think that that's when you add up the time of wasted time, like that, something like that's money well spent. At least you get pointed in the right direction yep. and you're like, well, he can do that and she can do that and you can do that. So actually all we need is this plan. And, it, you know, I'm just uh, spitballing numbers here, but it's the one off, you know, that that's that's a, a, an affordable thing that get just gets that trend going. Yep, I think that's a great idea. That's it's a great second. So that's that's where it comes down to us as agency owners have to be able to offer alternatives. or we're sort of figuring out now and in moving into digital products as well and more of the educational thing with the YouTube channel. We enjoy it teaching people because you can impact more people now. People commenting yep. on all our stuff and they're asking really good questions and it's like, man, we can really help more people now by. Uh, you know, by selling products that, you know, we don't always have to be a part of. If you want us, it's going to cost you a bit more if you want us to do anything or tell you about stuff. But, you know, particularly as you grow, you know, it's just how it works. You get a larger audience, larger platform, you've got larger clients, you've got to charge more. It just is what it is. As soon as someone, like I said, mm -hmm. hits your minimum. 
Um, so anyway, it's a very interesting thing. A couple quick comments here. Olivier says, socials are probably a lot better than those billboards, but people feel they have a closer connection, I assume. They don't even perceive social yes. as advertising, perhaps. Um, mm. I would say they don't always see it as um, uh, as advertising. Really, that's what it is because they're just letting you know mm. about what they're doing. You just want to know about these things. But yeah, there's, there's much more value because you create a community. The real value, the true, true value of social media is you create a community that you can curate and, and grow with them. And on top of that, you are your own digital bodyguard online. So if anyone's talking about your business, whether positive or negative, you're there. Make a statement. Tell them the truth. Sort it out. If you've done something wrong, whatever, talk about it. If someone's saying something good, maybe you, know, you can help them or whatever it might mm. be. Um, so someone out, it's beer drank. He says, salute fellas. Saw you live. Had to check in. Y'all be easy guys. Cheers, man. Appreciate you. Respect. Um, yeah, that's just been the one thing I find that now though, I think through COVID, I think a lot of breweries have taken it more serious, have been putting more time and energy into social as far as the quality. I feel like I see less terrible breweries now that we're actually talking about it. I haven't thought about it probably since before COVID. And I think the breweries are taking it a bit more serious potentially now, which is good. I think that's a really good thing. It's, it's about time. And if it took this for breweries to, you know, kind of pull their head out and uh, actually invest in it, whether it's internally, you know, somebody else who's in there who knows what's going on or or an, someone like ourselves, like whether it's a consultant or someone to do it, you know, D, uh, what's it called? Do, done for you, DFW. Uh, done, yep, DFY, yep. fuck, I can forget. There's all these done for you, done <laughs> done with you, and then do it yourself, at three. Yeah. So like that's the other way to do it. There's these models we've been seeing. The people do that. The done for you is when you do everything, full surface social, you're taking the pictures, writing the captions, scheduling, community management, ads, reports, blah, blah, blah. Then there's the done with you, which is consulting. So we're there with you still. And then the DIY mm -hmm. where you're selling digital products. So it's, you know, we're... It's an interesting mix of what everybody, every agency or whatever has their own version of it. And then say every business or every brewery, whatever we're talking about, would need you know, different parts of that. So as long as they're taking it serious and if it took a pandemic for breweries to understand, you know, they've, they've all had to pivot to e-commerce. They've all had to, mm. some of them yeah. weren't canning. Now they've had to get a canner and then they go, mm. fuck, now I've got to sell my can. So now how are you going to sell it? Well, if, you're, mm. if your region lets you sell online, then you've got to create a website and a web store. You know, to get that shit up ASAP. You got to re, you know, every week or every other week. So it's an inter It's been an interesting time for both, you know, the craft beer world, but agencies and having to sort of deal with all of these people pivoting and sort of how we can mm. assist them in this new sort of direction, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and I think it it fleshes out um, if we can sort of go back slightly more to the social media agency type of thing. Is yeah. that you know the barrier the barrier to for entry to our business is incredibly low and that's that's a good thing and it's a bad thing it's a good thing because okay um, if you know it, it, it's a good thing because it enabled someone like me who was a handyman um, you know fly, flying around the country whatever to build a scalable business when I was in um, Alice Springs and my videographer is in Brisbane and he can go out to shoots and I'm just coordinating it from my phone when I'm on a plane or when, you know. So that, that aspect of things is, is, is everything I've always wanted. Um, the problem is people can get into it because it's just like, it, it is trendy, you know, it is the trend at the time. Like my, I know my journey started in 
2012 when I built an online dating website and then I was starting to like learn all the things to do that and that was an epic fail which got me in debt so I I, I, I went in and I I said that's a big endeavor know, I, Oh yeah, so uh, you know Tinder comes along and I'm screwed. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I didn't do every, I didn't do everything right. But what it what it meant was that I had to I had to learn. I had to get in there. I had to actually learn what it was all about. And then it sort of evolved. And I was like, maybe this is the thing that I, you know, that I, I really like. I remember the first time I overshot a video just doing an interview, and I just finished. I was like, this just feels right. And I was like, let's you know let's explore this a bit a bit more. But uh, my point being is that. You know, I I know the, the reason I do thing do what I do is not because I am like oh I love videography I love social media I love that I do I do enjoy all those things in the, the the area I just like to come into businesses different businesses and have an impact you know I love the fact that I can take my mates from cricket who we're going there later on go to Revel and have some beers and pizza I like that I can go to the cafe that we work for I like that I've got these real estate um, agents who I can you know, the campaign we did recently where three previous agents couldn't sell the house. We came along, did our thing, 37 mm. grand above market value. So they're, they're the awesome. things where I'm like, we're making a difference here. And I was like, what I need to do is wrap a business around those outcomes, right? So I'm not getting into it because I watched a, you know, Gary V clip and I was like, oh, I'm motivated. I'm going to, you know, go and do that. Like I did it because I was like, I just think that this is what I'm, I'm meant to do. Um, so with COVID, it's, it's like, you know, it's a terrible time and there's people that are uh, not, not doing so well throughout it, which gives me a, you know, a part of it, I almost feel guilty that we're doing well. But the other part of me is like, well, you know, the reason that we're doing well is because I decided that I was going to build a scalable, digital, nimble, low overhead business that I could you know, operate from home or sort of wherever. Um, and it just happens to be, you know, our, our time, right? So, you know, COVID comes along and it kind of fleshes out some of the fly-by-nighters, I think, who yeah. were doing it for trends, like for not the reasons that they should be. And I don't want to seem too, like, polarising when I say that because I, I, don't, I don't go like, oh, another person getting into this. I'm like, awesome. I love, you know, I love this space. I want to... See you guys do well. There's plenty of abundance out there for us all. But if you're doing it to elevate yourself, um, you're in the wrong game because at the end of the day, clients don't care. Say at, if, you, if you've diluted it right down, that the, the thing they care about most is the impact you can make in their business. Right. And if they think that, if they think that you're doing it for reasons other than that, um, you're going to have a hard time because you won't get the result that's needed. You won't do the, you know, you won't answer the phone at nine o'clock on a Saturday when an agent's like, can you give me some stats on this campaign because I think I'm going to get a contract tonight. And you roll over and go, yep, all right. And you sort of, you pull up ads manager and you send something through and then the next day, the next day they say, hey, I got that contract. Right. You know? So they're, they're the little micro things that it's like if you didn't have that level of care, you wouldn't do that. Right. And I just think that, yeah, those people will get fleshed out. But, man, that's our opportunity, isn't it? That's to, it, man. To be, to be that person. You make a good point because uh, that's the agency life. We were just talking about that today. Like, it's 24 hours a day. 
you're going to be, we never work. It's 10 p.m. on a Friday night here. I'm already a couple of beers in. We're about to, once we wrap up, we're going to eat, drink some more beers, and then keep working. I just did a schedule, a mm. whole week, next week schedule for our biggest client just before this. And, yeah. and it's just, it just keeps going. And if someone wants something, all of our clients are in San Francisco. So it's only 7 p.m. there. And these people who work for these tech companies are as crazy as business owners. Like they work all sorts of stupid mm. hours. So they'll be asking us for stuff and we got to do it. We've got we are our employees in Italy right now, and he's uh, he's working. He's still working. He's still scheduling. He's still doing our engagement for clients and stuff like that. We're training him, and yeah, it's you know, it doesn't end. He's on vacation, like to see his girlfriend, and mm. and uh, you know, it it doesn't matter. That's the thing. People, not everyone's built for this life, particularly the entrepreneur. Mm. When there's no there's no breaks, there's no holidays. If you're on holiday, wherever you go, you're working. Yeah, never ever ends. Yeah. For sure. And I would much rather sort of, um, I'd much rather do a job where I'm effectively on call 24-7 than do something nine to five that I absolutely loathe. Big facts. Um, Big because facts. you get to, yeah, and you get to, I think what you what you also need to realise is, I know I'm getting back to it again, but that in the trenches thing, like you're going to have to share in their peaks and troughs. Like, but when, when you're able to come into a business and share in those wins, that is so satisfying. Yeah, like, it's it is really so. Good. It's so good when you, when you're able to share in that, and that's that's why we yeah, it's why we do what we do. So hundred cool. percent, I do agree. And without like sort of hating on it, like the people who get into stuff sort of later because they think it's easy, and and it's sort of annoying to me with social media agencies. They think it's easy. They don't have the the. Do you know how much our expenses per month because of all the things we have to pay for to run this agency are so insane. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. People don't have a clue. It's the same with rapping. I've been making music since 2002 and I got, I got mm. shit my whole life in Australia listening for hip hop, like drilled for it. And then mm. now everybody thinks they're a rapper and it's clogged up the whole thing. <laughs> the beer podcast, we were made fun of by all the main people. Like in Ontario, the main people, we were one of the few ones that were doing it and they made fun of us and they because we were swearing mm. and I'm Australian and I was a little bit, you know cussing yeah, up and the crass yeah they weren't they weren't liking it. i still keep that to a degree i've toned it down but like yeah. they weren't ready for it and and now like everyone's kind of jumping on and a lot of them are dropping off because they don't understand they're a blogger now you're news i'm like bro you don't know what the fuck amount of work this stuff takes like and that and nah. I, so i do agree you're not being a hater you're not and it's cool it's definitely welcome that's why i'm like oh you're gonna start a podcast the way you spoke to me was so professional I'm like, oh this guy knows your shit and you're doing the agency and i've watched you for the whole like 18 months whatever and you're doing great because you take it seriously and you're not messing around and you're a fantastic example of someone who has come in at a newer stage of craft beer and in marketing agency if you're anywhere full-time this covid time but you're taking it seriously I feel like that's someone who's been in it long. I've been working in this world since 2007. I was doing twit. I was twit picking Ashton Kutcher on the red carpet because I worked for uh, Village Roadshow in Mel Roadshow Films in Melbourne before I left. And I Twitter didn't even have an inbuilt um, picture function. I was twit picking stuff like that. So I was doing this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was doing this shit back in the day from times. So I've done this. This is all I've done is music, marketing, social media, and then re- I guess since 2011, beer. So like this is all I know. And it's just combining all the shit I know. So if someone comes into it and you're doing it the other way around, technically I should be mad at that. But I think it's fucking amazing because you've gone and figured mm. it out. You have a genuine love for it, but you have this genuine love for marketing and you've done everything proper. And most people don't. And what I think is that persistence is key to every single thing in life. Persistence and uh, consistency. 
if you can do things over and over and over and then get better and better and better, you're going to win just by laws of nature because most people drop off. Most people I've invest, invested energy into for music to help out, they drop off, they stop rapping. It drives me crazy. Um, all these type of things. So I'm like, I really love to see somebody win. So I, I'm right there with you when it's sort of like, yo, I want to see these, you know, if you come in, you're professional, you love it, you really fuck with it. Mm. Not just these people who didn't go to open mic nights because they've just got a SoundCloud account and a YouTube account and they think they should be a superstar. <laughs> they drop yeah. a mic. Yo, we, we were in the trenches. We were doing open mic nights to six people every Tuesday for years, years. They don't know what the fuck we did to, to, to put in, you know what I'm saying? So I'm very yeah. much on a, it's more of an old school mentality. People these days want it now and yeah. they're going to learn the hard way that it's not really how it works. Like you've got to, you've got to put the time in, man. Um, That's it, man. I pre- appreciate all you're saying because, yeah, it's, uh, you've been a real help and I, I do watch a lot of the stuff that yourself and Tiff do and I'm like, you know, these guys have got it. They're, you know, they're, I, I've got huge respect for not the, you know, because there's people in our space that have probably never, ever done what we've done, but they've tried to make a business off telling people how to do it, right? You know, Facts, they're, and yeah. they're just giving opi- they're just giving opinions, really. Like, they don't, they don't have anything else behind it, but... You know, you you have clients. You're getting results. You're you've been doing this for a number of years, and now then you're sort of, um, you know, talking about how to do it. Like I've got barely any branding of my own out there because I'm like, I I, I can't I can't see value in doing that stuff whilst it takes away from the me serving work. my clients. Like, how does it? You know, like I don't have a big YouTube thing. Our website's just about to launch, but not not really sort of up there we don't post heaps on our own accounts which i know is you know not not right and it's almost against a lot of the things i tell people but it's just at that funny stage where it's like um i don't want to take away from the time i should spend to make my clients look good because at the end of the day me making my clients look good works as a strategy in itself but yeah you do have to you do have to break break away from that but uh yeah i see what you guys do and i'm just like yeah they, they get it that's these are the people that we want to look at it and sort of be like. So it's Appreciate awesome. It, man. Thank you, man. That's dope. Um, what you're saying is you want to work on your business and not in your business. And that's the key thing. And that's what we've yep. very much struggled with now that we have a, an employee. Yep. Once he's back full time, mm. he, he, the funny thing, what he's doing for us right now, aside from engagement for the clients, he's running the high season uh, socials. We're teaching him on the lowest impact. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he fucks it up, it's okay because he's deleted. It's just us. But if he goes and fucks up these like this company that we work with which is insane uh it's a big problem so we're teaching him with us and that's the problem because we don't get to work we're always doing our client stuff we're having trouble finding time to make our digital products and to do these other things that we want to do you know so and that's the perpetual Mm. problem we're five years deep i mean you're going to see that it's going to be a continual thing and and it's yeah. one. It's, it's the thing you're always constantly fighting um, during that. So I think I think the only answer is delegation and people power. Once you sort of have people capital, and you have more people, we really just tried to do it ourselves, just to keep the money to reinvest in the business and and just keep things going. And we just never got to the stage until now to do it um, because we were doing. Mm-hmm. We're always doing the other projects. Tiff has Liquid Happiness, the wine uh, and spirits account. Yeah. We got the beer stuff. Just take. Up. Yeah, I mean, this all takes up time, energy. Like Tiff's got it in the middle of a paid account now because things have been so crazy to do with the stuff. It's been really hard for her to even find the time to take the photos that she needs. So it's funny to us. We're like, man, finally, like, you know, you get free beer and stuff, whatever, for doing this, which is cool. But when yeah. someone pays you to do it, you can't, you can barely find the time. 
to do it. So it's yeah. some of the, you know, as entrepreneurs, you're running your own stuff and you've got more than one thing. You've got multiple clients. You've got the Rebel thing. The podcast takes time. It's a lot of time, mm. you know. Yes, man. You're forever fighting it. So, uh, Maddie, this has been great, man. Really appreciate you. Um, really enjoyable uh, conversation. Where can all these lovely people find you and any of the thing that you're uh, involved with online? So the best places is probably um, on Instagram. So Narrative Hub, all one word, on Instagram, um, or my own, which is Matt two underscores Fay F A Y, uh, or you can go Narrative Hub on Facebook. Send us a message. Uh, then there's our website narrativehub.com.au. They'll it's just a bit of a landing page there, but you can get in contact with us. Um, yeah, I'm always happy to connect with people and shoot the shit or what, whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, um, appreciate appreciate you as well and appreciate being able to jump on your podcast. I've really, really enjoyed it, man. Mate, just a pleasure. Also, guys, make sure you go check out the Revel Brewing Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. Please check it out. Subscribe, rate, review, follow, all that shit. Support Matt and the boys. Um, Matt, we're going to get a thumbnail. I'm going to do a screenshot of our uh, session here because I have to do it while we're live. Cool, man. Otherwise, it has little buttons on the side, and it's mad annoying. Do you want to hold up those rev- <laughs> hold up those rev- yep. revel cans? So we get some branding since we're talking about branding. Yep. Okay, hang on. This goes go. this way, and this. Okay, hang on. Here we go. Boom, boom. Ah, shit. Hold up. <laughs> All right, okay, hold up. I'm trying to do this, and I only had one hand because I already was holding the. Easy for me, <laughs> right? You got that. Here we go. Let's go do the uh, the thing. That bomb. There we go. Got it. Look at us, crazy. Um, appreciate you, Matt. This was fantastic. So, guys, make sure you go check Matt out. If you guys enjoyed the episode, mate, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast and check out the long form audio, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you can hear extraordinarily legendary people like Uncle Matt talk about craft beer everywhere. We'll see you on the next episode. Get in ya.